It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Good evening. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Rick Marone. Bill Cornwell, happy to have you along on this January 10th, 2020. We get closer and closer to a milestone on this program of 100 episodes. We are in the uh, mid-90s now. <laughs> and we're roughly a month into the season now. Yes, and, I mean, Coach, you know how this goes. We're, we're about a month away from girls' sectional play yeah. starting. Yeah, it, uh, it really picks up steam from here on after the, the calendar turns to the new year. And, and Ryan, that 100th episode, a very magical time, and we know uh, – in the TV world, it's very important, and uh, we're just blessed to have been part of people's uh, listening uh, over the last several years. And we are a few weeks away from that still, but we will get there soon. If you want to call in, join the program, the number one eight five five seven eight hoops That is 1-855-784-6677. So, guys, before we get into our scoreboard update to, to begin the program, Top play of Sports Center earlier this <laughs> yeah, week baby. was Robert C. Bird <laughs> yeah. against East Fairmont. What a play that was. We'll, we'll talk much about this. That was yeah. also Scott Van Pelt's like one thing to watch. Is yeah. you, we're showing you on the video feed right now. Block shot, saved inbounds, baseball pass to the opposite of the court, yeah. throwing off the backboard there. for a dunk. Four players there. touched the ball yeah, in I, that. I was going to say there were four elements that made that play work, and, it, and all of it was hustle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> it fell right in together, and, and of course, that's you know always a good thing to get West Virginia on the map. Uh, Want to get some positive national attention, and, uh, Coach Marone? You, you watch that play, and you go, "These are high school kids." <laughs> what? Well, well, I'll tell you what. Then you see a lot of uh, great things such as that. Uh, I actually saw it uh, by happens. I mean, did know it obviously as most people did not until it popped up. Uh, on the Sports Center uh, highlights, but uh, what a great uh, exposure, as you mentioned, for high school basketball here in the Mountain State. We hope to talk to our good buddy Bill Nestor, of the uh, voice of the Eagles in Clarksburg, of the Robert C. Bird Eagles. We hope to talk to him a little bit later tonight about that. We haven't talked a lot about RCB this year because, simply put, haven't played on a Friday until basically tonight. So uh, <laughs> that's just kind of how it works sometimes, especially early in the year. But we know that you are here because you want an update of the scores. So let's get our first check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard. We'll turn it over to Coach Marone with the boys' scores. Looking for scores? Look no more. Basketballnight.com, your one-stop shopping for high school prep scores. And we'll have those for you starting with the boys' scores tonight. On the boys' side tonight, Scott Skyhawks, 81, Beth Haven, 62, Hurricane, 72, West Side, 70. That's part of the Hatfield-McCoy shootout. We'll get into that a little bit more as the program goes on. Great event there in Williamson tonight. This game at the half, low scoring, Pendleton County, 18, Moorfield, 14, Polka, 44 to 28 uh, over Nitro. That's at the end of three quarters. A final tonight, a uh, bit of an upset, but uh, Tulsa has been struggling. But Buffalo gets a 66 64 win over the Rebels at home at Buffalo Putnam. Clay Battelle, CB, 79 56 winners over Tigers Valley. Greenbrier West, 76. Pocahontas County, 40. Lincoln, 47. Lewis County, 45. A close one there. Lincoln County Panthers, 46 35. Uh, over Van at the end of three. Martinsburg, 47-43 over Musselman after three quarters there in the Eastern Panhandle and that one. Nicholas County, 33-29 with the lead at the half over Midland Trail. Morgantown gets a nice win, 59-33 over Parkersburg South. 
And Fairmont East fell tonight to North Marion, 48-47, a barn burner there. Another close game. These are all finals. We are 42-40 over Madonna. Parkersburg Catholic falls to Williamstown. That was a big Region 4 matchup, uh, regular season style. 65-44, the Yellow Jackets with the win on that one. Hedgesville, 54, Spring Mills, 22. Woodrow Wilson, 64-50, the battle for the Armory as they get a win over Greater Beckley Christian. And our last score after three quarters, Charleston Catholic gets a nice win over Wheeling Central. It's 52 to 47 in that one. And that's a look at your boys' scores. Bill has the girls' scores. All right, starting off with... uh... Spring Mill and Hedgesville. Spring Mills gets the win over the Hedgesville Eagles, 53-48. Uh, Greater Beckley Christian beat Elk Valley Christian, 53-43. It was Bluefield over Nicholas County, 40-29. Cabell Midland Knights uh, off to a good start. Uh, beat the Capital Cougars tonight, 64-34. Lincoln County takes care of Point Pleasant, 59-35. Battle of one of the older uh, Coaches in the in the state and Gary Green at South Charleston and young Shana Gore and St. Albans. It was Gary Green, South Charleston, Lady Black Eagles beating St. Albans 53-42. Woodrow Wilson beat Spring Valley tonight, 69-56. It was George Washington, an 84-31 victor over the Hurricane Redskins, guys. All right, that's your basketballnight.com scoreboard. One team that it's interesting the way the weather has fallen this week in West Virginia. There were games can or postponed, I should say, earlier in the week because of snow. It is currently 55 and comfortable in Huntington right now. Almost could have come in in short sleeves. I, I've got the shorts ready for tomorrow when it's going to be 73. I'm serious. Right. So we're all going to get sick because that's what happens when yes. the weather fluctuates. Yes. And some of us are already battling that. But, you know, somebody who I think is probably battling a little bit of a case of maybe uh, wanting to get out and get back on the floor of this team is the head coach of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears girls basketball team, Corey Hines. He joins us on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And coach, you've only had one game so far in the new year. Probably getting tired of looking at your kids in practice, right? Well, we 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 played played last night. So, you know, I'll I'll take that. We played against (laughs) East Fairmont last night. and, And we got a game tomorrow. We got a game tomorrow, uh, you know, um, against Bridgeport. So I, I, I know the kids were like a little bit. They were chomping at the bits and they was wanting to play. Um, and so being able to get that one under our belt last night because of you know we had a, a game that was canceled due to weather. That is very very frustrating. But here comes the sun, and here comes the polar <laughs> bear tomorrow in Bridgeport. So I'm telling everybody, we're, we're happy happy to be playing. Uh, there you go. That's a one forty-five tomorrow. Bridgeport and Fairmont Senior and Girls Basketball at Bridgeport. Your game last night, a 53-40 win over Crosstown rival East Fairmont. That was your first time out since a December 30th loss. And when you have to sit on that, you had a one-point loss at home to Frankfurt, a game that was postponed uh, for a couple of days, and I believe it was due to illness, if I'm not mistaken. And Nah. No? <laughs> I think they set, I think they set me up. I think they was actually healthy. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell them. I'm tell them. Yeah, they could say it was illness, but I think they set me up, man. So, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, that's 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 that's, uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I think they set us up. But, but, so they, uh, but no, we was able to get that game in Monday, and unfortunately, we lost it to you know lost it to buzzer. Uh, they had a great shot. Um, um, and then, and sitting on that, like you said, uh, it was it was very rough. Um, it was a lot of second guessing, a lot of running. 
So I, I, I was. I know the girls were glad to get get out and play East yesterday. So. Any player will tell you from a good program the games were far easier than practice, and they can't wait to play either. And uh, but coach, oh, yeah. when when you have a younger group, and I know with Marley Washington, you obviously have a, a very talented player to build around. But a lot of the other pieces from last year's state championship team being replaced uh, are these kind of little gaps in the schedule at this point. Is that good or bad for your team? Well, um, well, we're trying to also get healthy. And that's one of the well, that's one of the tougher things. Um, uh, we got uh, some kids that had some minor injuries, so like when we were going into those uh, to the games, like yes, Frankfurt and a couple other ones, we were talking about we didn't have a couple starters that were you know that that didn't play, so that made a difference also. So even though we do have a young team and having these like these delays, it actually in the long run I think it's going to help us because it's allowing people to get back healthy. Corey, a lot of people around the state, you know, probably would sympathize that you haven't played much, but gee whiz, you guys had a stacked early season. You got nice W's against a good Wheeling Central team, good uh, Morgantown team, and also you beat uh, Martinsburg. So, I mean, you did your work in December, that is for sure. Oh, oh yeah, we uh, we always pride ourselves in the tough schedule. And then in our conference, like we think we have one of the better conferences in the state. So, even with all that being said, you still have to play the North Marians, the Lincolns, and you know, some so so it doesn't stop. Like we stacked it a little bit early. Um, we have a real busy January, so like several weeks in a row, we're going to have like three games, like during the week, and um, and all of that is preparation for us in hopes of going to Charleston. So that's even though with that we're young, I wanted some of our kids to understand that you you know, uh, the work doesn't get easier. You got to understand that. Uh, it was a lot of people that laid that foundation. So when you were in that Fairmont senior jersey, um, you have to understand that you know, whenever you win or whenever, like whenever you win, it's a great thing. But whenever you lose, it's a, it's a lot of people that then came before you that, that are taking those hits, and people have to understand that. So when when you lose a game, it is a big deal. So it doesn't matter, you know. The numbers and the name on the jersey stays the same, but, but the people might change, and people they really get enthused if we ever lose. It's like always a party. That, that, those are the parties you don't want to get invited to. <laughs> yeah, really. No doubt about that. Yeah. Coach yeah. Corey Hines of the Fairmont Senior Girls Basketball Team. Coach, once again, thanks so much for joining us tonight, and I'm sure we'll cross paths again in the upcoming weeks. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, you guys can make a spot for me over there. I'm telling you, you look like y'all need another person in one of those seats. You know, <laughs> so we can make I'm room. I'm available. <laughs> hey, I keep telling y'all every year I'm available, so we can come down, you know. Y'all might have to do me like, you know, have that via satellite thing so I can sit in my living room and I can sit in but you make sure you ever need me, I'll be there. <laughs> All right, really appreciate it. That's right. Corey Hines, head coach of the Fairmont Senior Girls Basketball Team. Thanks so much again, and always a pleasure to talk to Coach Hines. And before we go back to the phone lines, we'll talk with Bill Nestor in just a moment. But first, let's go over to the score desk for an update with Spencer Dupuis. Thanks, Ryan. Big update here as number one Wheeling Central Catholic has gone down to Charleston Catholic as Aiden Satterfield scored 33 for Charleston Catholic. So number one goes down tonight. All right, so there's your upset of the night so far as in boys basketball, Charleston Catholic beating Willing Central. Yeah, that's a, that's a big win for Charleston Catholic. And uh, Charleston Catholic, a much storied program, uh, hadn't necessarily been at the very top 
but Bill always lurking, and with uh, yeah. the weapons they have and uh, the ability to get a win like that uh, in January does nothing but boost the stock for the Catholic two big, Irish. Yeah, two big wins in as many weeks because last week they knocked off in Charleston, previously unbeaten Huntington St. Joe. So uh, they're getting it done two weeks in a row. A couple of nice wins for them and uh, certainly a team to kind of keep an eye out for now. Yeah, and also uh, just to, to kind of uh, piggyback with Coach Hines, what he was talking about there, uh, they had a big win uh, against East Fairmont yesterday, but I think it was a little bit tougher game than what people thought. I think part of that coming off the, the long break they had and then also a crosstown rival, uh, East Fairmont has really not been able to, to push the Polar Bears much of late. But when you wear the target, as he said, it's a party anytime we lose, but we're not invited. <laughs> that may be the line of the night already. Uh, that and uh, trying to bump me or Bill out. I don't know which one. Right? You know, his audition tape. But uh, <laughs> Coach Hines does a great job scheduling. But uh, I think they're going to find the going tough. They do have Marley Washington's, but they've got a, a bunch of new faces in there. And uh, people don't care who's in those jerseys. They just want to beat those jerseys. They're uh, used to winning. Yeah, absolutely they are. And it shows, too. Because when you get teams like that in Charleston, uh, a lot of times they are the more talented team. Sometimes they're not. But you see that mindset of, I still expect to yep. win. You know, <laughs> exactly. And, and then it's, it's something that – is certainly ingrained in them. Right now, let's step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Bill Nuster, WPDX. He had the call of that Robert C. Bird East Fairmont game <laughs> with the Sports Center play of the night. Scott Van Pelt talked about it on his show that night as well, shining a, a nice spotlight on the state of West Virginia. All that and much more when basketball Friday night in West Virginia returns after break one here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, even the score that Spencer Dupuis didn't give you, visit basketballnight.com. Thanks for joining us. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've gone till 1145 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. Last week... 82% of you believe that high school basketball games should be played in four quarters. This week's question, should sectional tournament games be played at neutral sites or at the home of the higher-seeded team? Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. you got till 1145 tonight to vote. Of course, we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We are West Virginia's high school basketball voice. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family, too. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Follow us tonight. We'll make sure to mention your name. At hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team's score. Give us your comments on the game and we'll share it with everyone else. At Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Big shout out to some of the people following us tonight on Twitter. Byron Udy, Lucinda Hanna, Tammy White-Bailey, Justin Liu, Gerlante, Luke Hatfield, Natalie Freels, Morgan Andrews, James Kiray, Kinley, and John Kirsten. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family by following us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Give us a call tonight, and you can even send us a text. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
Looking to take some classes but not sure you can make it to campus? Marshall offers a wide variety of online classes that fit your needs. Visit marshall.edu slash muonline and register today. Marshall offers more than 200 online courses, and undergraduate and graduate majors offered exclusively online. Are you waiting for the perfect time to get your degree? Now's the time. Visit marshall.edu slash muonline, where you'll find that Marshall is the right fit for you. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 9-16 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Happy to have you along all across the Fast Break Sports Network, wherever you may be tuning in tonight, be it on one of our more than 25 radio affiliates throughout the great state of West Virginia, or on basketballnight.com, watching us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. See us on Facebook. Uh, follow the page there, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We, we've got our, we're, we're everywhere. <laughs> we, are, we are ubiquitous, I believe, is <laughs> a word that I was taught a long time ago in these hallowed halls at Marshall University, which uh, so gracious for them for hosting us every week as well. We're going to talk with Bill Nestor in just a minute, and I'm, I'm putting this off not because I'm trying to keep him on hold. We'll get right to him. But something that I thought was interesting was, and I want to share this with everyone, earlier in the an earlier iteration of this show, which was still this program, but uh, we had you know the original Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia set, which was at the public affairs table in the classroom studio of WMUL on the second floor of the communications building, Marshall University campus. And one of the first coasts Co-host with us was James Collier. Now, James was a student at Marshall at the time, and he's now a teacher in Greenup County, Kentucky, which is where he's from. Mm -hmm. And he still calls high school basketball games, high school sports on the radio. He had a chance to call a high school basketball game in Knightstown, Indiana. Now, why is that significant, (laughs) you might ask? If you're familiar with the movie Hoosiers, the Hickory Husk, Hickory Huskers played in that gym. That is that was their home gym. It looks very it, similar to how it did for the movie. It's modernized, only that the floor is slick and polished and nice. You still got the stage, the small stands, and James got to call a game from basically the little cracker box at uh, Hickory. It is a cracker box. I mean, the, the size of the court. I mean, it's it got is really it's it got is, two half court lines it is, because it overlaps. It overlaps. It's, it's really condensed. Uh, you know, you're talking about a few improvements they made. About the one I noticed was they had a new scoreboard, yeah. <laughs> which, which since they they do play competitive games, there you have to have a reliable scoreboard. But uh, other than that, it's just amazing how they have kept that look of that gym so legit. And and James got a great opportunity to sit there at uh, at midcourt. Call a game. I uh, think Greenham County High School uh, played in the contest. I'm not sure who they played, but uh, what a what an honor! It's just what, what a lot of fun that is. And, yeah, and, uh, and uh, certainly as someone who just enjoys high school basketball in general, Hoosiers came out 34 years ago now. But that's a that's a based on a true story. <laughs> um, again, based on it's based on Milan, who was a small school in, in Indiana that won the state championship. They didn't come out of nowhere, though. They lost in the finals the year before. So it wasn't like <laughs> Bobby Plump was the guy's name who was basically Not Jimmy, Jimmy Chitwood. Chitwood but Jimmy uh, Chitwood, but Bobby, Bobby Plump was the real-life guy. And It's a fascinating place. It, it's a piece of basketball and American high school basketball history. And did Milan, in that real story, 
beat a team that Oscar Robertson was a part of. I believe they did in like they the semifinal did. round. I believe it was, uh, was it Muncie Central. Uh, Muncie Central was Muncie the, Central. So it was in the championship. They beat yes. Oscar Robertson. Yes, he was at Muncie Central, not not the fictitious South Bend Central, but no, Muncie Central. Muncie so Central. again, fascinating stuff. Love that stuff. And speaking of someone who had a, a big call tonight, Robert Seabird and Fairmont Senior Boys game, a big win. For the Eagles tonight, 63-30. to 30. Bill Nestor, WPDX, joins us now. And, Bill, first off, uh, let's talk about this game tonight. Big win tonight for the Eagles. Yeah, huge win for the Eagles, guys. Uh, fourth in a row for RCB. It started out 0-2 uh, and two on the season. And uh, starting to find their stride, getting things going. You know, I've missed talking with you guys. There haven't been uh, a lot of things going on because we had about a 16-day layoff uh, for Robert Seabird and they finally got back in action uh, last Saturday and so they didn't get a chance to talk to you last week either uh, but so yeah big win tonight over Fairmont Senior uh, first time in several years uh, that Robert Seabird had a chance to beat the Polar Bears and uh, really didn't convincing fashion and a lot of guys stuff up and get the job done and uh, some things have happened for RCB battling back through some injuries and adversity early on now they're pretty much at full strength they're going about 10 deep and now the biggest problem for them is finding a way to get everybody playing time. So uh, everybody contributed tonight in a big win over Fairmont Senior. So getting the win tonight over the Polar Bears. And, Bill, it's been a fascinating week for Robert C. Bird boys basketball. Just leave it at that for now, right? <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. You know, obviously on Wednesday, and of course uh, having the call of that game, uh, when the play uh, in reference to uh, took place, you could tell something special was going on from the beginning. But as it unfolded, it seemed like it took a lot longer than what it actually did in real time. And the way it panned out, I don't think anybody saw it coming. And I can break it down for you. First of all, for RCB, the first time uh, that they've ever been on ESPN's top ten, let alone the number one play uh, on ESPN. And that was really a a special honor. But uh, what happens is uh, Robert C. Bird has an opportunity about a minute before the play takes place get what looks to be a big dunk. They've got a couple guys that are high flyers. Bryson Lucas is on his way in for a dunk and he gets uh, fouled pretty hard on the play. There's not an intentional foul call, but I think it kind of got to him. Now, Lucas is a premier shot blocker. So, uh, a couple possessions later, a shot's taken on the baseline and Lucas swats the shot and it starts to go out of bounds and he sprints towards the sideline, jumps, goes facing towards the uh, bleachers, Shaves the ball in midair and flips it right over his shoulder. So when he shaves the ball into the play, the next thing you see is a a fast break opportunity. So the ball goes from the backcourt, a baseball pass down the floor to Tommy Hawkins. Now Hawkins looks like he's going to go for a layup. Everything looks like it's a kosher layup opportunity. But he bounces it off the backboard without any instruction. And typically when you see someone throw it off the glass to a teammate, Usually they're turning, looking backwards to make sure they're there. Well, Hawkins doesn't even look on the play, just goes right to the backboard, throws it off the glass. Corey Miles comes in, goes up with one hand, catches it, slams it home. Just a, a beautiful play, fantastic play, exciting play to call. And it's nice to see some recognition for some of the players who worked hard throughout the season and throughout their careers. All those guys involved in that play have been mainstays for a few years for Robert Seabird. So, yeah, to get that opportunity was pretty special. So what a what a spectacular time! As you mentioned we haven't had a chance to talk. It's just Robert C. Bird's had a lot of big gaps in the schedule early on. Not a lot of Friday night games. 
Uh, how about this team? It started out 0-2, had a very difficult loss to an excellent Shady Spring team, a game that I, I guarantee you everyone in Clarksburg feels they should have won. Uh, lost that game, though, late. And uh, this is a ball club that has potential to make some noise as we get into uh, the games that really catch a lot of people's attention through February and March. I think you're right, Ron. They really do. And, of course, you look back at that Shady Spring game, uh, you're talking about having an 18-point lead in the second half and, and playing without a starter from last year. Blake Men, uh, a sharpshooter, uh, hurt his knee last practice prior to the opening game. He just came back tonight, so he's been gone this whole time. So they were forced to thrust a couple of freshmen into the uh, lineup, uh, guys that obviously weren't prepared to play, especially against a quality team like Shady Springs. So the outcome wasn't exactly what RCB wanted. And then uh, we talked about that lengthy break. And so 16 days off, and then they come back and play Crosstown rival Bridgeport at Bridgeport, which is a very tough place to play. They get that huge win. They've reeled off a couple more wins since then. So things have started to go their way. And, and the most important thing about this team is they've got all the tools necessary to win. Of course, you know, you've got to have the perimeter play. You've got to have guards that can handle the ball. You've got to have players that can shoot it, that can penetrate. They've got all that. They've got some athletic players that can run in transition. And they've got a little bit of size. And they're bringing along a couple guys. And if those guys can pan out inside, they'll have the total package and could be a a threat come tournament time. But so it's all right there. It's just a matter of putting it all together and gelling and kind of hitting your peak at the right time. But right now, the four-game win streak is giving some confidence to some of those freshmen that I talked about earlier. And uh, they're going to be a, a good team, that's for sure. They're already good now. But the sky's the limit for this team. And they're well-coached. Billy Bennett does an excellent job with them, a great coach. He's had a lot of success in the past. And he's, he's pretty excited about what this team can accomplish this season. Bill, uh, Coach Bennett, you, you mentioned uh, what, what a fine coach he is, and that is true. And, and having that long break around the holidays, was this a chance maybe for him to have a, you might want to call it Camp Bennett? To, at UK, they call it Camp Cal. When, when they have the players there and they, and they concentrate on basketball and don't have to worry about school, is that kind of maybe what Coach Bennett did? What an excellent point. Excellent point there. And, you know, the, the best part of uh, Coach Bennett's coaching as a whole is the ability to take practice time and maximize it. And so when he gets a chance to, to, to get his guys in the gymnasium, you very seldom, if he's got a couple days to prepare – you'll see a huge difference. Anything that went went awry, didn't go the way he wanted in the previous game, he'll have that fixed and ready to go by the next time they hit the hard one. He just really, really is a great practice coach. So, yeah, that's exactly what's happened. And this team has done an about-face. You know, they had a couple tough ones, as we talked about earlier. But we see just a much uh, different attitude and outlook from these players. And it's all because of what they've done and the hard work they've put in practice. And, Bill, we got that score from... Earlier in the week over East Fairmont, the 63-30 score. What was the score of tonight's game? It was a 20-point game this evening. Okay. Uh, so it was another big, big win for RCB. Yeah, so they've, they've, uh, the Bridgeport game was a close one. But uh, out of the four games that they have won during this stretch, three of them have been uh, you know, pretty sizable, 20-point-plus uh, games. So uh, you know, they're, they're finding ways to, to produce. And, you know, the thing about RCB is defensively their trademark is a, is a man-to-man defense. They love to extend it. They love to get after the basketball. And uh, that puts pressure on other teams. Fairmont Senior tonight came out with a good game plan. I'll tell you, Dave Retton, a fantastic guy and a great coach himself, uh, comes out, takes the ball, spreads the floor 
and utilizes uh, you know a slowdown type of game. And really, until about midway into the fourth quarter, his team was in it. It was a three-possession game at that time, and then RCB just put the foot on the gas, and they came away with a big win. But so you you, you got to find ways to play defense, get some easy buckets in transition, and that's what they're doing. RCB's got three guys scoring in double figures and two other guys in the 7.5 to 8.5-point range right now. So they're getting offensive production from a host of different players, and that makes it tough for other teams. They can't just key on one or two guys. They've got to be able to play total team defense. So really it's it's a, a special mix of players and, and a great opportunity for this team this season. Voice of the Robert C. Bird Eagles, Bill Nestor. Thanks so much for joining us, Bill. Good to catch up with you, and looking forward to talking some more basketball on down the road. Hey, guys, I've missed you. Great to talk with you and looking forward to talking to you. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. All right, thanks so much. It's Bill Nestor, WPDX in Clarksburg, where the Robert C. Bird Eagles pick up a win tonight over Fairmont Senior in boys basketball. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will talk with a, a couple of people who have witnessed some big games today. We'll talk with Patrick O'Leary. He's calling about that Charleston Catholic win tonight over Wheeling Central in boys basketball. We'll also talk with Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. He had to call that South Morgantown boys game. That's all when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues after break two here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Haley McClure, Greenbrier East Spartans, Ryan Leap, Lincoln Cougars, Gage Huffman, Tyler Consolidated Knights. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com. Click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. We also want you to follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And we want to remind you that you can watch our streaming high-definition video by going to basketballnight.com. One click to watch. You can also listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. And we want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. We want you to become our correspondent and update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup at Hoops underscore Roundup. Shout out to some of our latest followers, including the West Virginia Athletic Directors Association and Cole Burkett.
celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.31 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the second Friday night of January 2020. 2020. Still trying to figure out what everyone's going to call it. 2020, 2020. I don't know. I like 2020. What do you too. I do too. Like, at what point do we get to just like 1980, 1990, <laughs> like how that was? I don't know. I don't know. These are the important things I think about there all the time. There used to be a song, uh, was it 2525 or something? I'm showing my aids now. Bill <laughs> yeah, can in probably. The, in, the, in the year 2525. There you go. Zager and Evans. Oh, here we go. You get it all right here. <laughs> you remember, I partially grew up in the 60s. Bill, it I, I scares me some that I remember. Even more, it scares me that you remember who sung it. I, I liked because we looked at Bill and like, yep, the wheels are turning. Here we go. In the in the year 2525, if man is still alive. I mean, that, that, those, that's the line. <laughs> All right, well, we're only 505 years away from this. So, uh, I'm sure we'll, hopefully there'll be a basketball Friday night in West Virginia then as well. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Patrick O'Leary is an alumni of Charleston Catholic and Marshall University. He loves listening to basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Charleston Catholic's boys team off to a fantastic start, including a win tonight over top-ranked Wheeling Central in boys basketball. Patrick, big win tonight for the Irish. Absolutely. Big win for the Irish, no doubt. And any time it's over, we own Central, of course, the long-time rival of the Irish. Uh, that makes it even better. Patrick's been a, a good uh, week, week and a half for, for Charleston Catholic because not only you get the, the, the Wheeling Central win, last week you hung the first loss on uh, the uh, St. Joe Irish from Huntington. Sure, yeah. So I um, I was not at tonight's game. I was following along, which Charleston Catholic held a lead for much of the game, especially the thing at half. was at last week's game against St. Joe. And I'll tell you, it's the Irish, they're very well conditioned under new head coach Hunter Moles. And they get up and down the floor. They can shoot well. And, yeah, that was just as big of a win as tonight was. It's a team that is now 5-1 and one and has won, at least, has won its last four games. And this is a team that uh, has done so against, like Bill was mentioning there, a 20-point win over previously unbeaten St. Joe. A win over Tug Valley at Tug Valley. That is not easy any time. And then a win tonight over Wheeling Central in Wheeling. So it's really hard to uh, say that this Charleston Catholic team could do anything more to be more impressive than what they have been in the past few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it's worth noting that, you know, obviously – Losses are losses, but their one loss was to a very good Polka team in Polka, and I believe it was by 10 points, so Catholic kept it close for a while. But, yeah, no doubt Charleston Catholic has played well in this early part of the season. Um, they're well-conditioned. As I mentioned earlier, they can get up, up and down the floor, shoot well. Um, so, yeah, it's been a great beginning to this season. And one game that I'm looking forward to on the upcoming schedule, not to discount other games coming up, but uh, Charleston Catholic is going to host the currently undefeated Cabell Midland Knights on the uh, 25th of January. That will be an interesting uh, affair there. Yeah, no doubt. And they also play South Charleston um, late in the season as well. Um, As you mentioned earlier, they went down to Tug Valley, won that, played poker. So, no doubt they're playing a very good schedule in Cabell Midland, you know, 
uh, I believe a triple A semifinalist last year, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it'll only help them come postseason time, and uh, they hope to return to states for the first time in a few years. Charleston Catholic will host Scott next Thursday, and then play at Buffalo next Friday night. Patrick O'Leary, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Love your show. All right, greatly appreciate that. As Charleston Catholic gets an impressive win tonight over Wheeling Central. Tough night for the Parkersburg South Patriots boys basketball team. They fall in a big, big loss tonight against Morgantown. Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg, had the call of that one. And, Eric, not a good night for South. Well, to go back to music, I kind of had two songs in my in my head. Uh, Mama told me not to come by Three Dog Night. And Mama said there'd be days like this. We're going to kick it all the way back to the Shirelles. I... And, and, you know, it, it, it was weird. It's not like they got run out of the gym all night, which is, there you go. Yeah. Well, there you go. You challenged our crew in the back, and they come up to answer the call every time. <laughs> they, they, they pulled up from 35 feet, and they buried <laughs> that, that, that is correct. Like Brett Rector used to do when he was at Ravenswood. <laughs> but, unfortunately, Brett Rector did shoot the ball for South. They hit just four field goals in the second half. This was a two-point game at halftime. And I think that's what maybe stands out to me the most about it. They got outscored 39-15 to 15 in the second half. Wow. And, yeah, it was their ugliest loss of the year. Then a two-point deficit becomes a 26-point loss. It's not often that that happens. But that's kind of the way it went down for South, just an ugly effort and. Or, or, I hate to say ugly effort because the effort was there. They couldn't get shots to fall. Um, I think the frustration kind of kind of snowballed, and so by the end of the game, uh, it was it was just almost laughable how how few breaks or how how you know just the South couldn't get any breaks. Eric, as good as this team was playing a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, have they hit a little doldrum? Maybe I mean, losing two of their last three and. Uh, Struggling as they did tonight, it is very uncharacteristic for the Patriots. Well, they come off of a couple tough games coming into this one. They had an overtime loss at South Charleston. It was kind of an emotionally charged game. They trailed by eight. They led by eight. And then they had to scrap back in the final minute to to force overtime. And and a couple calls went against them late in that overtime, and, and they didn't get the, the look at the basket they hoped to get. And so they fall by three. And then Playing without their leading scorer uh, on Tuesday night against Warren, Ohio, uh, they come out and they play a triple overtime game. So I don't know if it was just a little bit of emotional hangover from that or maybe even a little bit of physical fatigue from a game like that on Tuesday. I mean, granted, these are young guys and they've had a couple days to to bounce back, but uh, either way, um, they just didn't seem to have that spark tonight that they had when you saw them a couple of weeks ago when they played at, um, at Spring Valley. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things you hope is not contagious. Maybe it's a product of not having your best score on Tuesday and then having them back in, and then you, you try to find a mix after uh, getting by without them. I think sometimes you take something out, you put something back in, and th- that kind of throws the chemistry, even though it had been intact for the first several games of the year. So I, I, don't, know if, um, I don't know if they got to go back and find something in the gym, but Goodness knows we're going to have some time to do it. They don't play again until a yeah. week from Saturday. So this is not the kind of game you wanted to have going into a layoff like that. 
Parkersburg South Falls tonight on the road to Morgantown in boys high school basketball, 59-33. And before we let you go, Eric, Eric, be remiss to not talk about this Morgantown team. Excellent ball club, 8-1. and one. Uh, Lone loss to uh, University, which was a game that went right down to the wire as well. And uh, yeah. basketball in the city of Morgantown right now, very, very good. I'm glad you brought that up because before we got onto the Shirelles and Three Dog Night, that's kind of where I was going to go <laughs> when I opened up the phone call. Um, and I, I even said this in the postgame show. I, I came back on after the game, ended the first postgame break, and I said, this is probably a team that's heard a lot about how good Morgan, or how good University is. And for a Dave Tallman team to be flying under the radar is probably not territory they're used to being in. But make no mistake about it, it's a Morgantown team that's got some players. They move the basketball extremely well on the floor. Uh, they got a big in Carson Poffenberger that I think has a pretty big ceiling. Uh, he, he's already good now. He's six seven. He's long. He clogs he clogs passing lanes. Um, South Malachi Sylvia had trouble getting to the basket against him. He defends well, and that's really been a hallmark of Morgantown basketball, both on the boys and the girls' side, is they they defend extremely well, and they just have a knack of putting their people in exactly the right places where they need to be. And that's exactly the way this team goes. I mean, the, the flow of this offense, is it, it, I, I don't think what I saw tonight was an aberration. I think this team has uh, has something going in that chemistry, and they've got they've got a good DNA about them right now. So, like I said, you know, their only loss, like you said, their only loss was to um, University seven days ago. They'll get them again on Wednesday, and I, you have to kind of like where you're sitting for Dave Tallman to to completely run away with a second half the way they did tonight, and then to have a couple days off, and they can afford to take a day or two, and then hit the gym hard on Tuesday, and then see what you do on Wednesday night. Then, yeah, I mean, that's they're in a pretty good position right now to be going into that rematch game. Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg, voice of the Parkersburg South Patriots. Uh, as he mentioned, they'll be off again until next Saturday when they play Fort Fry, Ohio, out of Beverly. Eric, always a pleasure. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed your birthday, uh, which was recently. And uh, certainly yeah. uh, looking forward to talking more Parkersburg South boys basketball with you as the season progresses. Hopefully we'll have some better things to talk about, but hey, at least the music's good. There you go, right? There you go. It's Eric WVV in Parkersburg. Always a pleasure to talk to him. And uh, Coach, I'll, I'll, his, he was saying there, you know, Mama said there'd be days like this for Parkersburg <laughs> South, a difficult second half. I think every basketball team, no matter how good they are, has that one or two games yes. over the course of a, I mean, it's a 20-plus game schedule where it's just like, wow, it looks like we've forgotten how to put a ball through a basket. <laughs> well, and I think uh, he hit it on the head. They had some really emotional games, and uh, whether you were physically fatigued, come off like a triple overtime game, uh, a barn burner, an overtime game in South Charleston, takes a toll, and then sometimes you just kind of hit the wall, and it sounds like they did that in the second half, only four field goals in that one. And uh, this Parksburg South team, uh, Ryan got a chance to see them last year. I know that build it as well. You know, a new coach taking over there at South. A lot of success there. Coach Fallon uh, stepped on, stepped aside, and they move on. Uh, and uh, Brett Rector and things going in the right direction. But I also think uh, this kind of early part of the year, I understand December's in the books, but for boys basketball, they're only a few weeks in the season. Yeah. Bill, uh, maybe uh, still, has he 
mentioned, an adjustment. And I tell you what, sometimes bringing a leading scorer back into the mix yeah. can cause a little transition. They'll iron that out, and I think this break will be good for them. Exactly. And, you know, and there's plenty of talent on that Patriots team. And Malachi Sylvie is one of the best players in the state of West Virginia. Really impressed when I saw him a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, and uh, he struggled a little bit tonight, apparently. And uh, apparently, Morgantown probably—I'm sure they kind of concentrated on him <laughs> because I mean, he's one of these guys. You know, we, we've got a lot of guys in, uh, in, on various teams around the state. They got—they get, they get their twenty every night, and Malachi is one of those guys. And obviously, he was probably a target defensively. Well, and uh, and you know, we need to realize too—you're dealing with uh, teenagers as well. I know a lot of the coaches <laughs> will mention that, but there can be some unpredictability. And Ryan mentioned times where things are really clicking, and it looks like you figured it out. And then every team uh, during a year will have that uh, head shaking loss, and and you look like uh, you know you you know they went that away as the old car team used <laughs> yes. to be. As uh, nothing seems to go right, and uh, you hope you get those out of the way early in the season. And, and you mentioned it, uh, Ryan. Uh, there, there's some good basketball being played in Morgantown right now between the two public high schools. Trinity is not doing too well, but uh, the two public high schools, and obviously. WVU's men's and women's teams both nationally ranked. And, of course, the men will be playing in front of a sold-out house tomorrow afternoon against Texas Tech, Final Four team from last year. Uh, big day there tomorrow. And uh, our good buddy Joe Linville got a picture with Bob Huggins just the other day because Bob Huggins was at the Polka-Scott game. Exactly. Uh, there was a, a Mountaineer Athletic Club uh, event in Boone County and – because this is how this works out. <laughs> yeah, coincidentally. They also wanted to uh, check in on a, a couple of kids, or at least one kid from Polka, that uh, is being looked at by many Division One schools. West Virginia, one of them. Marshall's also looking uh, at Isaac McNeely. And so I uh, had a chance to uh, see them. And, and it's just interesting because, you know, Joe, who is a, who's a big WVU fan, uh, got his picture with Coach Huggins. That's fantastic. The Mountaineer showed up, too. That was <laughs> yeah. in, in full regale. I, <laughs> Just happened to be in the area. He just happened to be (laughs) there, right? Talk about a full court press of a recruiting pitch, right? And uh, you know, and then the principal at at Scott High School is Jacob Messer, who is a Marshall Marshall grad, and and so uh, and and somebody that I enjoy talking to as well. Former Charleston sports writer, absolutely. Yep. See, you can make it out of sports writing or sports journalism into administration. It can happen. Jacob is our hero in so many ways. Right now, we're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back. We will have another check of the BasketballNight.com scoreboard and much, much more on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. This is Break 3 on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Thanks for joining us, and you're listening to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We want to thank all those great radio stations throughout the Mountain State to carry Basketball Friday night so you can listen in. And those stations include 104.1 FM WVXS in Romney. We're also on 92.5 FM WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston. 
Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRC, and Spencer. We're on many other stations, like 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, and Matewan. We rock West Virginia louder. 105 KQV, WKQV, Cowan, 105.5 FM. And if you're in Braxton County, you can hear them on 106.9 FM. In Fisher, we're on 103.7 Jack FM, WQWB in Fisher. And if you're in the northern panhandle, we're on the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM and 98.1 FM, WKKX in Wheeling. And in Moundsville, we're on 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY in Moundsville. Here in Ravenswood Ripley area, we're on 92.5 FM, WTHM LP. And we'll share more stations we're on throughout the Mountain State later in the show. Don't forget to join us on Twitter. Big thank you to Holly, Chris Hatfield, Aaron Barbary, and Kelly Williams, part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. up to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with bill cornwell coach rick marone and ryan epling 9 49 on this basketball friday night in west virginia beautiful friday night be a better night for football than basketball even <laughs> this is not like tonight you don't want to waste in the gym no, I tell you what. Uh, Although you do want to watch basketball. Yes, yes, and, and that requires a gym, I yes, think. So, yes, yes. Uh, but earlier in the week, uh, some of the the weather that people were dealing with, and then to go out today in short sleeves, and uh, as Bill mentioned, tomorrow the shorts rolling out, and uh, uh, wonderful uh, time of year. But uh, Ryan, you always know lurking around the corner. Yeah. I think there's somewhere. It's, old man, winter is. Uh, uh, it's going to be so, ready to stretch his legs. It's going to be so warm <laughs> tomorrow. I mean, there's a lot of people uh, thinking. When's baseball practice? You know? <laughs> and it's January 11th. <laughs> it's January 11th. 111. Wow. 111.20. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing, too, is that in West Virginia, as we all good and well know, when we get a nice day in the wrong time of year for it, we pay for it. Yes. We're going to pay. Yes. So we'll either get some rain or sleet or snow <laughs> or all the above probably next week. I'm not a forecaster, by the way. But I do want to mention something. That brings up something else I want to bring up. Dylan Godet from Buchanan Up, sure, it was always a, a big part of the program of, of calling in, keeping us updated when that girls' program was an elite caliber <laughs> girls' basketball team for three or four years there. And uh, his sister played, and he would call, he's call in. He's the weatherman at WBOY. <laughs> In Clarksburg. I'll tell you what, the reach that? of this program, just in the last five minutes, you know, you got Joe Linville hobnobbing with Hugs and Company. <laughs> yeah. You got James Collier, one of our original hosts, at the Hoosier Gym. Yeah. And then Dylan Godet, as you mentioned, yeah. Uh, yeah. bringing the weather to you. I mean, we're everywhere. All right. <laughs> it's a small world, isn't it, Bill Cornwell? It is. I mean, all I, I mean, I got to hang out like five minutes with Neil Brown back in the, in the fall, and people thought <laughs> – Biggest, uh, I guess, some, uh, people relate me with Marshall. They're, you're crazy, right? Of course, I kind of kidded him. I said, "We're just getting ready to go to UK when, when the <laughs> the Bob Stoops job comes over." <laughs> wow! And he, he just, and he just, I guess, was that tampering? I don't know. Is Bill trying to break some news Whoa. here that hasn't? No, even, no, 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 no. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just doing some recruiting. <laughs> uh, always a good time though to talk uh, basketball as well. And 
Yeah, it was very interesting earlier in the week, too. We mentioned about the weather. It was in the Huntington area. Not a thing happened. It was fine. It was actually a little overcast and slightly chilly. And that was about it. And Charleston had three inches of snow. That that was a very weird day. You know, they got uh, the three inches of snow. There was two to three inches down in the Beckley area. Uh, there was a lot of accidents in Kanawha County. And I know it was kind of a challenge if you were driving on the turnpike between Princeton and, and uh, Beckley, too. Yeah, it's definitely been one of those uh, one of those situations where the weather has been a little bit of everything. As the old saying goes in West Virginia, if you don't like the weather, wait a few just, minutes, it'll change. Just wait a change. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, from a coaching standpoint and from the basketball side, a lot of the breaks we've been talking about tonight have been built in. I mean, that's a little unusual, and that's what I'm knocking on. Yeah. But in the past, Ryan, there were some huge breaks that were created by weather, and that could still happen. But uh, for the most part, you know, coaches really have the schedule that they laid out for them as far as how they wanted to play, and most of them easing into conference play as well. It's kind of like a roll of the dice for a coach because when you're, when you're making your schedule out, for for a coach who has the ability to make the schedule out, sometimes it's the athletic director who handles that. I understand it's different at each school how they handle that. But if you have these big gaps early in the year and then you get weather late in the year, it can be difficult to get more than eight to ten games even. Yeah, it's a problem, and we've seen teams do that. And there were some teams that were always kind of, you know, I remember Woodrow Wilson for many years would would not start till much later, and they really wanted that tournament push, and they gave them extra prep time. But you're exactly right. You really have to be wary of that. A lot of teams front-load schedules. Uh, To me, when you get more than seven games under your belt before December, been there, done done it this year, it causes some gaps, and uh, I, I think it can be a problem, especially if you've got a ball club that you've worked to get chemistry together. An eight, nine, ten days, some of them even more. I tell you, it's almost like restarting the engine, and it can be an issue when you're getting ready to get to the end of uh, January. We're in week two of January. I, I wanted to go back just just a little bit on the uh, Robert C. Bird situation. Uh, you know, getting on national TV, getting all this attention, and those kids could have really gotten. Uh, their head going sky high, but you know as what? we would have. But, oh, but, but but give credit to Coach Bennett and his staff. Obviously, they got those kids back down to earth and focused. They get a nice win tonight, solid win, and uh, they've got their heads on straight. Obviously, Robert Seabird High School. They didn't let the or the kids didn't uh, let all that national attention go to their head or uh, cause it to affect their performance. That's nice coaching. Been nice work with the players, too, to concentrate on the task at hand. On the flip side of that, you've got Fairmont Seniors boys team at 2-6. and six. And I think this is where they've had such a good run of athletes, the kids who've been coming through the hallways of that school, and they still have good athletes. But it, it's just it's they finally kind of, I won't say fallen off, but they've not been able to reach the level that they had been in the previous you know six, seven years. And for a double-A-size school – I mean, it's natural. There, there's a cycle there. It will fall off, and it looks like they're right now in that little kind of restructuring phase. Yeah, and I tell you, Coach Rett, and uh, one of the, the true great coaches in West Virginia, uh, fortunate, blessed enough to serve on the state coaches committee with Coach Rett, and he's a first-class 
individuals besides being a great coach. But uh, I wouldn't sell them out. You really, like you said, you see some things that are probably being laid as foundational here early. And then you get towards the end of the year, he gets that team where he wants them to be, and uh, he's a great coach. And like you said, there's a cycle of athletes uh, coming through. But I, I think they would be a tough out. They mentioned that game was a three-possession game into the fourth quarter, and then it got away from him, which will happen with an inexperienced team. But he'll have them ready. And then when he can put a full game together, like I said he pulled them out and spread the ball out early. He's uh, thinking how to use the talent that he has. Yeah, and you kind of hope for Coach Ratton that, that, uh, that there's not kind of a situation that – it happens that even some bigger schools where you have good football athletes decide, well, I'm not going to play basketball because uh, Fairmont Seniors produced a lot of Division One kids for football. You know, obviously you got two playing. The Stills all, Brothers. Playing yeah. The Stills Brothers, for, and, and they've Zach, got others. Zach Frazier is going it, to be going to one next year. Exactly. So you kind of wonder, are there kids up there who are good athletes, play football, or, or say, well, you know, I'm, maybe I can get a, a scholarship like those guys, and maybe I need to concentrate on my football and not play basketball because they've had a lot of kids that have played both sports over the years because they're good athletes, and it certainly has helped Coach Renton at times. Another boys team that's kind of flying under the radar is North Marion. The Huskies are 8-0. and that's a, that's a good program over the years, too. They haven't had the success since moving down into AA that they have or that they had at AAA, AAA. in some, some years. They've kind of been a hit-or-miss type of program but you know we talk about Cavill Midlands boys and girls both being undefeated you look at North Mary and their boys are undefeated their girls are undefeated well, I'll tell you what, uh, and really, Ryan, uh, they squeaked out a win tonight. North Marion uh, did uh, to stay unbeaten. But i tell you what, personnel issues as well, and we might touch on this later. Uh, we have uh, followed uh, some of the teams on the girls' side. I know Parkersburg, uh, the Big Reds, uh, got a nice addition this week. Uh, those that uh, follow us on our Twitter account and such, uh, there were some uh, things that were posted there, getting a 6'5 swing player <laughs> coming in on top of a two-time defending champion uh, another level there and right. had uh, just some nice video footage of stroking threes at six five <laughs> uh, always an asset so uh you know that those are things that uh, can really uh, take teams to another level yeah class triple a i won't say it necessarily got flipped but class triple a takes a different uh makes a different appearance now yeah it's got a lot tougher a lot of people yes it did <laughs> especially absolutely. region four <laughs> one hour in the book so the fastest three hours in radio when we come back we'll have a scoreboard update We'll also talk with Matt Miller, WRNR in Martinsburg. Big boys basketball game up there tonight as the Bulldogs and the Muscleman Appleman did battle. We'll have all that and much more after break four. You're on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University? Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. This takes one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. And, of course... You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, Classic Hits, 106 WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM, 
95, the Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM. We're also on the voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM, 1290 AM, WVOW and Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. In Hinton, we're on the ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. And we're on the greatest oldies of all time, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. In Clay, we're on Tune For You Radio, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay. We're also on 104.5 FM, WASP, LP in Huntington. 101.1 FM WVWPLP in Wayne, 90.7 FM WFGH 4 Gay, and 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Thinking about joining the Marshall family? Visit marshall.edu slash tour and schedule a visit today. You can join us at one of our green and white days and see what being a son or daughter of Marshall means. You'll visit with administration and staff and see what Marshall has to offer. Can't make it for a green and white day? Schedule a visit to one of our daily tours and get a personal look at Marshall's campus. To register for a visit to campus, go to marshall.edu tour or call 1-877-GO-HERD-1. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, all on the Fast Break Sports Network. So happy to have you along. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Bill Cornwell set for Hour 2 of the program. We will talk with Matt Miller, WRNR, in just a moment. We know you are here for scores, and it's time for another check of the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Bill, we'll let you lead it off with the boys' scores. All right. Boys' scores, uh, finals, uh, including right on the top of our list, James Monroe takes care of Narrows, Virginia tonight, 56-29. to It was Spring Mill, winners over Hedgesville, 53-48. Gregor Beckley Christian beat Elk Valley Christian. And uh, actually, I think that's the girls' scores. Yeah, get, Bill, Bill. Let's, let's, get, let's get to the right one. Let's line this up. Okay, here we go. Let's start again. Okay. Okay. Reboot. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. In three, two, one. Here Boy we scores. Go. Okay. Boy <laughs> scores. We got them now. Uh, we start off with... The uh, Cameron Dragons. Uh, they beat Bridgeport, Ohio tonight, 67-45. Frontier, Ohio, knocks off uh, Magnolia, 49-47. Pendleton County, winners over Moorfield, 56-45. Nitro loses to Polka. Big win for the Dots, 59-33. Jefferson beats Silver Oak Academy by a score of 71-53. It was uh, East Hardy getting a win tonight uh, as... Uh, they get that victory, and they knock off the Union Tigers, 83-52. Bridgeport beats Preston, 61-49. Buckhannon Upshur, winners over the Grafton Bearcats, 73-63. Buffalo, a two-point winner 
over Tulsa, 66-64. Gilmer County loses to Calhoun County, 38-230. Low good scoring encounter there. Clay Battelle CVs over Tigers Valley, 79-56. Greenbrier West, big win over Pocahontas County, 76-40. Independence knocks off Oak Hill, 62-55. It was the Lincoln Cougars over Lewis County by a score of 47-45. Lincoln County Panthers, winners over the Van Bulldogs. Final score there, 64-52. That winner for the uh, Lincoln County Panthers. Martinsburg getting a winner tonight over Musselman, 65-57. Richwood beat Meadowbridge, 57-55. It was Nicholas County, winners over Midland Trail, 74-62. Morgantown beats Parkersburg South, 59-33. Bluefield Beavers, big win over Mount View, 76-41. East Fairmont, well, the East Fairmont uh, folks, uh, they were uh, losing tonight. Also, uh, we're Beats Madonna 42-40. Charleston Catholic 75-64 over Wheeling Central. Robert C. Bird, uh, they get the win over Fairmont Senior tonight. Uh, Summers County beat Montcalm 60-55. That final was Williamstown beating Parkersburg Catholic 65-44. Hedgesville over Spring Mills 54-22. Finally, Woodrow Wilson. Winners over in-city rival Greater Beckley Christian 64-50. Coach Marone has the girls score. Yeah, and uh, just to pick up a couple came across as Bill's going on the boys' side, down in the Hatfield McCoy shootout, Scott knocked off Beth Haven in game one, 81-62. Hurricane, a barn burner, beats Westside 72-70 on a buzzer beater. Mingo Central, a low-scoring affair, knocks off Phelps 45-43. And Tug Valley and Wyoming East doing the midnight special there at the Williamson Fieldhouse. I think croissants and coffee and eggs will be served at the end of that one. That'll be a late one finishing up tonight. Let's <laughs> flip over to the girls' side here at basketballnight.com. James Monroe, that score Bill teased you with earlier, 56-29 over Narrows, Virginia. The Hannon Wildcats and Carter Christian Crusaders waiting on a score on that one. Spring Mills knocks off Hedgesville 53-48. Greater Beckley Christian beats Elk Valley 53-43. The Bluefield Beavers, a defensive tussle, knocks off Nicholas County 40 to 29. Also on the girls' side, Pocahontas, the Warriors, the Lady Warriors, 60 to 52 over Summers County Bobcats. That's a big win for uh, Nick, or excuse me, for Pocahontas County. There, Summers County, a quality ball club. Cabell Midland. Tell you what, Ryan, we've talked about the Midland boys' team, the girls' team, undefeated as well. Very impressive. They defeat Capital tonight, 64 to 34. Also on the girls' side, the Lincoln County Panthers, 59-35 winners over Point Pleasant. South Charleston uh, knocks off St. Albans and Shana Gore, 53-42. Coach Gore doing a good job there at St. Albans. South Charleston gets a win in that one. Woodrow Wilson travels to the Wolves' den tonight, gets a 69-56 winner over Bo Miller's crew in that one. And George Washington, I tell you what, the record's 5-3, and three, but uh, there's not too many better AAA teams in the state of West Virginia on the girls' side. They knock off Hurricane, 84-31. That's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Thanks so much, guys. So a lot of uh, big scores in there, a lot of big games. One of them that you mentioned on the boys' side was the Martinsburg-Musselman game. The Bulldogs get the win by 8, 65-57. Big game, though, because it's a Region 2, Section 1 contest. Matt Miller, WRNR, had the call of the game. And, Matt, a a nice win tonight for the Bulldogs. Yeah, definitely a good win. I mean, these are two teams that have represented Region 2 in each of the last five years getting down to Charleston. 
we were anxious to see this matchup because both teams are somewhat in a rebuilding situation, you might say. Musselman came in at 3-3, three and three, Martinsburg at 4-2, and two, and we got a good one. Uh, we saw six ties in this game at 2, at 5, at 16, 24, 32, and 37. And after that 37-all tie in the third quarter, about every other trip down the floor, uh, the other team would take the lead. Martinsburg ultimately overcame uh, just a one-point halftime deficit as they were down 34-33, took a three-point lead into that fourth quarter, and then went on for the eight-point victory, 65-57. So big win, uh, important win for Martinsburg, too. As you mentioned, the two teams that have recently been the premier programs in that region and represented that region in state tournament play. Musselman is uh, going through a little bit of a, a struggle at the moment in terms of a loss last week to Hurricane, uh, which is a, a long trip. So it's a, a you know sometimes a trip has something to do with it as well. Lost to St. Albans as well. So this is now a, a, a tough stretch of, of play for Musselman and still enough time for them to get back in the uh, swing of things as they try to kind of right the ship and be competitive in that sectional, which, again, is so strong with both Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Yeah, absolutely. And talking with Coach Derek Basile before the game this evening, they're really trying to feel themselves out right now and, and learn a lot about themselves. And he feels good about where they are and what they've been able to do. And he likes being able to see all of the teams that they've been able to see from around the Mountain State and get an idea of where they fit. But, you know, it's a young team, Isaiah Horner, is a 6'2 sophomore who scored 14 points tonight, saw a lot of time on the floor. Connor Long is a 6'4 sophomore who saw some significant playing time. Uh, Caleb Hardy's a junior in his first year, really, on the varsity level. He scored 13 points. And T.J. Stuckey is a 6'2 junior. He was on the team last year on the varsity level, but didn't get a ton of time, one of those kind of JV slash varsity guys. And he had 12 points tonight. So, yeah, a lot of young players still kind of trying to gel together for muscle. And Martinsburg's only loss of the season was its season opener, a one-point loss to Stafford, Virginia. They've won every game since, and they have been uh, pretty impressive in doing so. Well, Ryan, actually, they did suffer a loss in the Ooh. championship. Well, not even the championship. It's a mixer called the Skip Fowler Memorial Tournament that Martinsburg will host between Christmas and New Year each year, and they lost to Freedom High School 72-49, to arguably the worst, not even arguably, it was the worst game they played this year. Just didn't get it done on either end of the floor, turned the ball over a ton of times. They came back and beat Stafford, Virginia, the team that they lost to in uh, their opener by one point, 107-78, and then carried some of that momentum into the win tonight against Musselman. And uh, or Matt, uh, they, you lost that Jefferson game. I think it was weather-related, obviously. Uh, have they determined if they're going to make that one up? Yeah, they want to make it up. Coach Rogers was telling us the big issue that they're running into is, you know, when Martinsburg may have a week where they only have two games but could squeeze it in as a third game, Jefferson already has three games in that week, or vice versa. So they definitely want to get that game made up. It's not a sectional game, but is a regional game. And we'll see if they can squeeze it in at some point. But at this point, it's not been rescheduled. Matt Miller, WRNR in Martinsburg. Always a pleasure. Guys, thank you. All right. And, again, a good win tonight for the Bulldogs as they, they get the win over Musselman. Very important games there because I think home court advantage is a huge factor in yeah. that particular sectional because Martinsburg, Musselman, and Hedgesville this year – 
all seem to, on the surface at least, be capable of winning that sectional and, or, quite frankly, they all seem capable of winning a road game in the regional should they be the runner-up in the sectional. And, and, and that's a point, a good point, uh, because uh, a, lot of people, a lot of fans don't understand that yeah, these are regular season games, and you may not think they're very important, but when it comes down to in about a month or so determining who's going to host these sectionals, you're going to look at that team that's got the best record because they basically have earned the right to have the top seed and to host. And uh, that's why these wins right now are important. Absolutely, very important. And you know, speaking of an important win tonight, the Lincoln Cougars boys basketball team Gets the win over Lewis County by a final score of 47 to 45. Jordan Toth is the head coach of, uh, or Jordan Toth, excuse me, head coach of the Lincoln Cougars. And coach, buzzer beater from Peyton Hawkins to win it. Take me through the final moments of that game. Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on, first of all. Uh, so, you know, we called timeout with about nine seconds left and, uh, we wanted to get a little high-low action, uh, best match uh, with Peyton down low. And uh, Zach Snyder, our point guard, uh, saw a little seam there and drove it. And he got blocked, and the ball kind of just scrambled around a little bit and went to Ryan Leap, who kind of poked it to Peyton. And uh, Peyton just turned around and got rid of it as quick as he can. Actually got fouled on the play, but uh, didn't have to shoot free throws because the ball went uh, in right at the buzzer. What an emotional game. and. Is that game harder on the players or the coach? <laughs> oh, it was definitely harder on me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we uh, we got it tonight, Al. Our, our kids have a lot of heart, and uh, we weren't uh, really efficient offensively tonight, as we have uh, as we've been showing. But uh, you know, sometimes you have those in basketball, and uh, so we, tonight we a lot relied on defense, and uh, our defense has been good for us all year, and. Uh, so uh, it was definitely uh, it was definitely an emotional game, but uh, you know we just made one more play than them at the end, and then uh, you know got the win tonight. Well, your ball club has three losses on the season, but has been in all three of those games. A tough loss early in the year to a very good West Side team on the road. Also, a very difficult loss to uh, Frankfurt as an eight point game in the Lincoln Hoops Classic, and then the split two games with Scott. So you're not that far away from making what is so far a good season into a very good season. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the three losses, you know, we were right there all three games. And, uh, you know, we feel that, you know, honestly, we kind of should be undefeated right now if if you go back and we watch film. And, uh, um, you know, free throw line got us all three games. We didn't shoot the ball well. Uh, We turned it over too much at west side, you know, and – uh, but all, all good learning experiences, you know, early on in the season, and you grow from those, and, and you know, you put those behind you, and you learn from them, and you try not to repeat them. Uh, so, uh, you know, pretty pleased right now with where we're at. Our defense, like I said, has been consistent all year. Uh, we just have to keep growing and just keep climbing and just, uh, you know, keep improving. And, uh, you know, we have to set ourselves up for a, a, a good sectional seed. Uh, you know, that, there's a, these games right now are, are what's so important to seed you in, you know, late February, early March. Coach, the, your, your section, region, uh, all those uh, Big Ten uh, games up there, uh, it is a real uh, juggernaut. I mean, uh, there is no chance for you guys to have 
an off night or a time off because everyone is coming at you and challenge you. All those games and all those teams are so competitive up there. Uh, you know, along with the Cardinal Conference, by far the best double-A conference in best double-A area in the state. Yes, you make a, a great point, and it's something that we discuss as a team pretty much on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, we can't have an off night because the schedule that we play, I think, is, is very uh, competitive. It's very tough, and I think we've played a tough schedule early on this year, and I'm hoping and I'm starting to see that will help us, you know, later on down the road. But, yeah, our uh, our sectional is, you know, in my opinion, uh, one of the toughest in the state, and I know there's some tough ones down south as well. Um, but, you know, RCB, uh, they look really good right now, and Bridgeport's always very consistent, and we got a nice road win over Elkins the other night, another team, and then, you know, uh, the other side of it, uh, so tonight was very important getting that win over Lewis County because they're on the other side of our section. And uh, we play uh, Braxton County on Monday night, so another important game for us. And then we play uh, Nicholas County later this season. So, uh, yeah, very difficult. We can't have an off night. Uh, we have to be uh, consistent every night. And, uh, you know, you, you just hope that the coach all these games get you prepared and ready uh, for, you know, uh, sectional time. And, and that's what we're trying to do right now. Coach, congratulations on that hard-fought win at the buzzer tonight. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on, and go Cougars. All right, that's Jordan Toth. He's the head coach of the Lincoln Cougars boys basketball team. They pick up a win tonight on a buzzer beater by Peyton Hawkins to defeat Lewis County 47-45. to The Cougars now 5-3. and The Minutemen drop to 3-8. and We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, much more on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Including, we'll learn a little bit more about our standout athlete of the week. All that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia returns here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game it's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget, join us online, vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight, and of course, we'll share the voting results with you near the end of the show. Last week, 82% of you voted that high school basketball games should be played in four quarters. This week's question, should sectional tournament games be played at neutral sites or at the home of the higher-seeded team? Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. And you'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. Basketball Friday night. West Virginia's high school basketball voice. We have a lot of people to thank tonight that have uh, joined us recently on Twitter. Followed us at hoops underscore roundup. Sent us scores, comments about their games. We appreciate that. And we want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And a shout-out to our newest follower just one minute ago, Archie Satterfield. Joined by Nick Keller, Callie, Nita, Brian Uday, Lucinda Hanna, Tammy White-Bailey, Justin Liu, Jelante, Luke Hatfield, Natalie Freeze, Morgan Andrews, James Kirby, Kinley, John Kirsten, the West Virginia Athletic Directors Association, Cole Burkett, Carly, Kevin, 
Roger Easy, C. Decker, William, Ian Van Meter, Priscilla, and Team Cole of West Virginia. They're all part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10-19 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell with you. Rick Marone in studio with us tonight as well. Also with us is our special correspondent, Wesley Steele. And he's here to introduce us to this week's Standout Athlete of the Week, Rachel Bates of Valley Wetzel High School. Of course, nowadays you could actually just call them Valley High School because the one in Fayette County closed. It's a transition period. We'll all get used to it. <laughs> it's still Valley Wetzel for this case. But, uh, Wesley, you're talking about a, a young lady who is uh, basically a terror on the boards. Yeah, she grabs pretty much every ball that comes off the backboard and the rim wherever it comes from she grabs it uh she averages 14 rebounds a game and has had three games of over 20 rebounds this so far this season two against Payton city and one against tigers valley she's also very accomplished off the floor for her work in the future farmers of america yes she is the vice president of her school's chapter uh, and has won state championship in land judging went on to place sixth in the nation in that as well also came in second place in floor culture and third place in state at home site. And she also uh, stays busy on Sundays, too. Yeah, she actually, at her church, teaches a Sunday school class of fifth through ninth graders, so just a tiny bit younger than her. She's a junior in high school, and she plans to eventually, you know, continuing, continue that teaching and go into elementary education. So she's someone who takes advantage of every opportunity and seems like every moment of every day that she's uh, got something that she's uh, working on and helping others as well. Yeah, when I talked to uh, Coach Sapp, he said that she's literally always on the move. As soon as practice ends, she's in her car to go to FFA, to go to the church, or wherever she's going, she's always on the move. Wesley has more now with our standout athlete of the week, Rachel Bates of Valley Wetzel High School. As legendary Chicago Bulls and Detroit Pistons star Dennis Rodman once claimed, I can score 20 points if I want to, but that's not my desire. His desire was to do whatever it took for his team to succeed. This same desire that places team success first may be found in Valley Wetzel's Rachel Bates, this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. Since starting her junior season, Rachel Bates has assumed a leadership role by exhibiting and instilling in others the desire to succeed both on and off the court. She has begun this season in a solid all-around fashion by averaging 6 points, 14 rebounds, and 5 assists through 9 games, while also attempting to guide her team to winning ways. Her coach, Casey Sapp, suggests that Bates' desire and leadership skills are steps in the right direction for this Valley Wetzel team. Leader by example, she comes early to practice, she'll ask to stay late and work on something if it's been bothering her, she'll want to stay late and do that. And her teammates see that, and that inspires them, too. Bates has not only been a key member for the Lumberjack basketball team, but for the softball team, where she accrued all Ohio Valley Athletic Conference honors for two straight seasons. She asserts that the conditioning and training for softball and basketball helped create a seamless transition between the two sports. Basketball conditioning really gets me ready for softball, and then I play in the summer softball league, which helps me stay in shape when it gets 
basketball season. Softball conditioning isn't nearly as hard as basketball, but it still helps. Bates applies herself and other extra academic activities, chief among those being Future Farmers of America, where she serves as vice president. During her time with FFA, Bates has not only placed in several competitions at the state level, but also placed sixth nationally in land judging. Bates is as involved as possible with every aspect of the organization. I do a lot of competitions, pretty much anyone I can get into. I also do stuff within the chapter. We do stuff for the community, handing out fruit baskets to people in the community who need it. We do a lot of stuff. Bates schedules all honors, college level, and advanced placement courses available, all while maintaining a 4.15 GPA, which Coach Sapp attests illustrates her desire to succeed just as much as anything else she does. She works hard. Oftentimes, if we have to wait an hour or so before our bus leaves for a game, I'll see her with her backpack and her work doing stuff before we get on the bus to go play. But she also takes AP classes, college classes, and all this as a junior, so she still has next year to take even more of those to really get her a head start going into college. Bates already has her sights set on attending West Liberty University as an elementary education major. But well before her high school basketball career ends, Bates wants to lead her team to at least a sectional championship this season with hopes of competing in the tough Region 1 tournament as well. During the remainder of her high school playing career, the junior forward wants to accomplish as much as possible, not individually, but for the Lumberjack team as a whole. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Wesley Steele. Thank you very much, Wesley, and always impressive to learn about these, uh, you know, the future of, uh, of our great state. Hopefully they can stay in state as possible, understandable if they, if they go elsewhere, but uh, nonetheless... Um, Never cease to be impressed. FFA kids always impress me because uh, a lot of people don't understand that that is so much time. If you if you depending on what you do, be it plant work or animal work, it's time and it's patience. And not only is she doing that, but obviously she she's a multi-sport athlete uh, involved in her community, involved in her church, and uh, boy, just. Tip the hat. It's Rachel Bates. Our standout athlete of the week of the Lumberjills of Valley Wetzel High School. Let's go back to the phones. You know who else you tip the hat to? It's the Irish of Charleston Catholic boys basketball team. It's hard to imagine anyone's been more impressive than they have been recently with wins over St. Joe and tonight. For the first time in more than 10 years, go on the road to Wheeling and beat Wheeling Central. And Hunter Moles is the head coach of the Irish. Coach Moles, first, congratulations on the win tonight. Thank you, thank you guys for having me. Makes it a nice, uh, makes an easier trip back home to Charleston, I'm sure. Yes, for sure, for sure, that is definitely for sure. Uh, tell me about that ball game tonight. You pick up the win over Wheeling Central, 75-64. Obviously, everyone knows what Wheeling Central's been all about for the past several years. Lost in the semifinals last year to Webster County, but uh, this Charleston Catholic team able to go and, and get the win on the road. Tell me a little bit about that game tonight. Yeah, it was a uh, great atmosphere. Um, obviously, going into it, you know you're playing the number one team in the state. Uh, big rival, like you said, haven't won there in 10 years. Um, so we just wanted our guys to be focused and uh, just go in and play our brand of basketball. We always talk about the next game. The next practice is the most important one. Uh, this game is the one right in front of us. And our guys did a really good job tonight. Um, I couldn't be, couldn't be happier with them. Um, but we still got to 
we still got some things to work on. Some other big games coming up. Uh, got Scott Thursday, and that's the one we're looking at now. And again, a nice win, as you mentioned tonight, with that win over Wheeling Central. And I know you—you you just alluded to it there. You don't get to enjoy these for very long, but at least you can enjoy it on your way home. I would hope tonight before you get right back into the grind of things. Yeah, for sure. We have the weekend to enjoy this. Um, guys got off tomorrow, and we get three days of practice. Luckily, to get ready for students. So we'll definitely enjoy this. Um, try to get some rest this weekend. Uh, watch some film. Get back after a Monday. Aiden Satterfield, 33 points tonight. What made him so difficult to defend? Um, I don't know if it's what or if it's just Aiden in general that is difficult to defend. I mean, if you ever watch him play, um, he's a 6'5 guard who can shoot the ball. I mean, that's kind of – and he can drive it. He can dribble it some. I mean, he, can, he does a lot of good things, and we're just trying to keep pushing him. Um, to be the best player he can be every single possession. Um, so um, he just he played a good game. I mean, there's he just he had a good game, um, and we're glad to have him. Coach, you, you mentioned you got some big games coming up, and uh, Scott on the horizon. But we talked a little bit earlier about the fact that you guys really pushing yourselves. You got a you got a uh, home game in a couple of weeks against the currently undefeated. Uh, Triple A Cabell Mid the Knights, and also you got a, a, a Triple A game at South Charleston next month. So you guys really pushing it, uh, moving, uh, uh, being a single A school, pushing yourself with good Triple A teams like those. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it with our with the way West Virginia basketball works, I mean, you can lose every regular season game and still win a state championship. So you want to put together something that pushes your team, that gets you better. And and I'm I'm just glad that they will play us. So, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes for AAA to to play single A sometimes. But I think I think they know we're supposed to be good this year, and and they're probably looking at it the same way. We want to play competition. So, I mean, we tried to make our schedule as hard as possible. Obviously, when I got the job, it it was already filled up some, and I was trying to just fill up the schedule with 22 games. But I wanted to play, you know, the best of the best, and um. We we love good games. We get excited for them. Uh, I mean, it's just it's fun. So I'm looking forward to to those games. But we really just focus on Scott as a team right now. We really try to focus in on the next one. Coach, congratulations on that big win, and congratulations also on what has been a very impressive uh, few games that you've played now over the past several weeks. I appreciate it a lot. All right, it's Hunter Moles, head coach of the Charleston Catholic boys basketball team. They get the win tonight at Wheeling Central. First win there since 2009. We'll set aside for a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Fred Persinger, the second WJLS in Beckley. We'll also talk with Morgan Sherwood, our student broadcaster from Hedgesville High School, talking about the Hedgesville and Spring Mills boys and girls games. All that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia returns. You're on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with a combination for success. 
You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind player stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's WPH Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career today. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And thank you for joining us. And thank you for joining us on Twitter. So many more new followers we want to mention, including Jackie Eads, PSHS Student Section, Olivia Harold, Kelly Williams, Aaron Barbary, Chris Hatfield, Holly, David Summers, Lisa Poland, Darlena Morrison-Bills, Christy Tully, Tyler Harrison, and Jada Alley. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup, and tell us all about your games. Give us your comments, and we'll share them with everyone else. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.32, halfway home on on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The fastest three hours in radio. We are definitely proud of that as well. And, of course, a part of the reason why we're able to do what we do is because of people who... Join us from all over the state of West Virginia. One of those is Morgan Sherwood. She's a student broadcaster at Hedgesville High School. Hedgesville and Spring Mills played boys and girls basketball. And Morgan, what did you see tonight? Well, the, sadly, the girls did lose um, to Spring Mills 53-48. However, Jada Brooks um, from Spring Mills got her 1,000 um, point of her career today, so that was a very good thing for her. And the boys beat Spring Mills 54-22, which is a really good thing for us because that's a big rivalry we have between us. Between us. Sorry. Yes, and Hedgesville's boys now 8-2 and two on the season. And uh, really, this is a, a ball club that – I mean, what are the expectations there? Uh, I know, you, you know, it's hard to look too far ahead, but is the thought that this can be a team that can get back to Charleston? I. Uh, I don't want to speak for anybody, of course. <laughs> I truly think we I, – I have confident in this. Tomorrow we play um, a D.C. school, and then we don't have a game until next Friday against another rival, Muffleman, who we lost against last year. So I feel like we have a good team this year. And, I mean, I don't want to jinx it or anything, but I think it might be lucky we'll be at Johnson. That's a, a good basketball team as, as they, again, will play Chavez tomorrow out of D.C. And then next week, uh, Hedgesville will play host to Musselman, a big Region 2 Section 1 game there. Morgan, always a pleasure. Thanks for, so much for calling us. Of course. Thank you. All right. And uh, I'll tell you, again, it's good to have the kids who get involved and, and do what they do and do such a good job and helping us. We'll get to Fred Persinger in a second in just a moment. But right now, Bill Bennett is the head coach of the Flying Eagles, of Robert C. Bird. The Eagles are playing excellent basketball right now. And, 
Uh, Coach Bennett, before we get into what has been probably the, the most exposure your program has ever received over the course of the past week, uh, let's talk about the, the, that win tonight. It's never easy to beat Fairmont Senior, even when the Polar Bears are a little bit down. They're still trying to kind of figure some things out, but your ball club went and took care of business tonight. They did, uh, you know, and, and what you said is uh, exactly right. Uh, you know, Coach Retton and I were talking before the game, and I said, people just don't understand how hard it is to win, period, uh, regardless what time, <laughs> what kind of team you have and, and who you're playing. It, it's hard to win. Uh, you're coaching 15- to 18-year-old kids, and, and you just never know. So it, it's difficult. So each one of them we appreciate. And uh mentioned such a week. you the Sports Center top play when you go back to – uh, that went over East Fairmont, a blocked shot into a saved ball in bounds, into a baseball pass to the other end of the floor, into a ball tossed off the backboard for a dunk to close it out. You end up with four players involved in that play. And I think that, to me, is more impressive than just the play itself. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I just, you know, as a coach, I, I remind them it all started with the de- defensive play. So, <laughs> you know, and, and they they knew it was that was coming. So, um, yeah, and I mean, it was great. I mean, great exposure for for our program and for our kids. Uh, I said that, uh, um, you know, it's just not my favorite kind of play. I'm old and I've, I've been around for a while. <laughs> I, I, I probably handled it better than I would have handled it 25 years ago. You know, but. Uh, you know, everybody asked me what I was thinking when when it was going on, and I said I was trying to decide which one of them I was going to choke first if he missed it. <laughs> so, and 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 they all had the same thought running through their mind. You know, they come after the game. They said we we couldn't believe we were doing this because we knew we were coming out of the game. <laughs> Coach, it wasn't just a defensive play. You also had a uh, a kid giving up his body to, to save the ball inbound. So, I mean, that, that's another great play in itself. But, you know, we, we kind of talked about earlier in the show the fact that it, it appears because of the performance tonight that your kids and, and maybe you, got your, you and your staff had something to do with it, that they kept their heads on straight. They didn't let all that national exposure go to their heads. They knew they had a game coming up. They had a challenge coming up. They took care of business tonight. Right, yeah, and we talked about uh, we talked about that a little bit uh, yesterday. We enjoyed it. Uh, we had uh, we had TV stations at practice yesterday. They wanted us to reenact the play. <laughs> the TV reporters, the, the little girl at Channel Five here in Clarksburg took the shot and got her shot blocked, and we and ran through. So that was that was crazy and a little bit of a distraction. But you know, the kids deserve to have that fun. And, and honestly, they were super focused tonight. And uh, I told them, I said, Lou Holtz always said, if what you did yesterday looks big, that means you haven't done anything today. <laughs> so uh, so they kind of bought into that, and they come out really focused tonight. And, and kind of a slow-down game and not our favorite way to play. Uh, so I was proud of the way they kept their composure, and they were patient and, and let things happen. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a good win for us tonight. Coach started the season with two losses, then a very – the second one was a heartbreaking loss to Shady Spring, a game which you guys had a big lead in and just could not hold on. Since that point, though, uh, four straight big wins for this program and for that team. Uh, do, you, do you feel like you're kind of getting into a little bit of a groove right now? Well, I, I hope so. I think, uh, you know, I, I know our defense has gotten better. You know, those first two games we give up 143 points, and, and that's not us. Uh the last four games, uh, now we've given up 122 points total in four games, uh, and that's more like us. Um, and, 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 you know, uh, 
the thing that uh, maybe some people are aware of and some aren't is Blake Mann, who's a, a junior, been playing for us since he was a freshman, arguably our best shooter. Uh, the night before we played Wheeling Central, a half hour to go in practice, dislocated his kneecap, and we thought we'd lost him for the year. Um, ended up being a, a better um, uh, situation than we thought it was going to be. There was nothing torn, and he actually got back to end the play tonight and played a few minutes here and there. So that's going to be really big for us because, uh, you know, it forced someone in the lineup um, uh, with him out that had never played. Now, this kid's really talented, great football player. Jeremiah King ran for over 2,000 yards this year at Bird, and, and he's a really good athlete, and he's he's helped us a lot. He's He's much better now than he was three or four games ago, but that was his first varsity action. And uh, and then it, it shortened our bench because we were playing uh, off the bench. We had three freshmen that really are going to be okay, but they weren't really ready for what they got thrown into back in December. So, And I said if when we get Blake back, it's going to make us a better team in the long run, a deeper team. And, and I think that's what's happened. Uh, the kids are starting, you know, they've, we kids, we've never really had a, a lot of trouble getting kids to buy into defense because we feel like that's what our program has always been about. Uh, you know, over the last 17 years that I've been there, we uh, were giving opponents about 49 points a game. And, uh, and that's something that kids take a lot of pride in. And, um, and it, it, each group's a little different. And, and sometimes, uh, each, each group, uh, it seems like in this generation is a little harder sell maybe than the, the group before. So, and part of that's them, and part of it's me getting older, I think. But either way, uh, you know, it's been fun to watch them get better. You know, we had a big break over Christmas, and and um, and I think that helped us a little bit. Um, but we were a little bit flat against Bridgeport, you know, having all those days off. But it's all worked out, and I think the kids right now feel pretty good about themselves. Bill Bennett, head coach of the Robert Seabird Eagles. Thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on the win. and. Always good to see West Virginia represented on national television in some form or fashion in a positive way. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. All right. That's Bill Bennett of Robert Seabird, first class right there. And uh, let's go right back to the phone lines from one eagle to another. <laughs> WJLS in Beckley, Fred Persinger, the second voice of the Beckley Flying Eagles. Fascinating game tonight. I think a lot of people – maybe paid closer attention to this game than they would have in many years past. But Woodrow Wilson picks up a big win tonight over Greater Beckley Christian. You don't normally have that AAA versus A game with so much uh, intrigue, Fred, but tonight you certainly did, and the Flying Eagles answered the bell. Yeah, yeah, they really did. And you're right. There was a lot of intrigue in this game tonight, uh, you know, and a lot of people know the reason why. I mean, Two, two schools uh, in the same city hadn't played before. And then, you know, you got a couple of kids that play for Greater Beckley that just a couple of years ago were wearing the maroon and white of Beckley. And now they are over at Greater Beckley playing. So, yeah, I mean, it was an intriguing matchup. And uh, it was a good win for Beckley. Beckley came out and played well, uh, with all the exception of the third quarter. I mean, Beckley uh, really had a, they had a 21-point lead early in the third quarter. Greater Beckley fought back to cut that lead down to eight. And then Beckley was able to extend it back out to win by 14 points. And, uh it was a good matchup, uh, no doubt about it, for Beckley. They had four guys in double figures, led by Ben Gilliam once again. Ben had uh, 15 points and 17 rebounds in the game. I've, I've said on the air a lot of times that I think Ben Gilliam might be the second-best big man in the state of West Virginia behind Obina at uh, Chapmanville. This young man for Beckley is just uh, an outstanding uh, inside presence. He's averaging a double-double this season. Uh, but also they got 13 points from Aiden Entz. 
Uh, another 6'3 uh, uh, power guard that uh, played well tonight. He also averaged a double-double this year for Beckley. So the two big guys played well inside. And then I got a couple of good good uh, games from uh, a couple of guards that um, has been the, the Achilles heel for Beckley this year. And that's, that's really so weird to say uh, with Beckley. Uh, usually guard play is very strong, but... Uh, losing the guards we lost last year was a little bit of a rebuilding process, and uh, those uh, guards are starting to play better now. Fred, after a rough start, well, Flying Eagles look to be getting it together. You won three of your last four. and uh, Is Coach Kidd uh, feeling like you know he's got his rotations and maybe his, uh, just, uh, his uh, kids in their playing time kind of figured it out, that, uh, that they all seem to be a little comfortable? At least you know, things look to be heading in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, Beckley, you know, as you said, started off slow. But, I mean, when you look at, you know, starting off slow, you look at the wins and losses. But in those games, Beckley had a 12-point lead over Spring Valley, lost that in the third quarter, had a uh, six-point lead over um, University in the fourth quarter with two minutes left, lose the game by six points. They had a lead uh, against Morgantown in the second half and lose that one by 12. So, I mean, Beckley's been in every game they've played in this year. But, um Coach Kidd is getting his rotation together, but he's still searching. And he, he wants somebody to step up and take over that point guard position. And, and, of course, if everybody knows about Beckley basketball, that point guard position is so important for the way that Beckley plays uh, basketball. So you got a good game tonight from a young man, a junior by the name of Tavi A. Davis. Uh, he played well for Beckley tonight at that point guard position. So uh, he might be somebody that's stepping up and, and maybe wants that job. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it's still an improvement. It's still a work in progress for Beckley right now. I mean, uh, but uh, they're getting better, and that's what we talked about after the game with the coaches, uh, and Beckley's getting closer, and, and that's uh, always a good thing, but that's the way Beckley has been the past couple of years, starting off slow, and by the end of the year, they're a tough out. With the exception of the, of the Big Atlantic Tournament and the Little General Tournament, the rest of your regular season, Fred, is going to be pretty much MSAC playing for a lot of folks around the state may not understand that uh, uh, this last go-around for Woodrow Wilson in the MSAC, so a uh, chance to, to see if they can uh, – no push for maybe uh, one last MSAC title. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that they talk about. Of course, Beckley, they always say play for championships. And uh, right now, Beckley won and won in the conference. And, and when you look at this cut schedule coming up, the next four games for Beckley, all of them are at home, which is good. But uh, they play a Riverside team next Wednesday that's struggling a little bit. Then you've got George Washington next Friday. And then the following week, got games against Cabell Midland and St. Albans. Two teams are playing well. Uh, before we travel to Huntington uh, the week after. So I uh, got a big, big um, stretch of games coming up in the MSAC with some very good ball clubs that Beckley will see. Uh, so, yeah, and being the last year in the, in the MSAC, you know, the good thing about it is the fact that Beckley can pick up some old-time rivals that they haven't been able to play in a while. I know Princeton's on the schedule next year for two games. Uh, Oak Hill is back on the schedule. Of course, Oak Hill moving up to Class AAA. So, They'll be back on the schedule next year for a couple of games. So that's one good thing about it is is the fact that Beckley can be more in control of their schedule and, and play some of the teams here locally that a lot of fans like for them to play. Yeah, it's Fred Persinger in the second, WJLS Radio in Beckley. Woodrow Wilson picks up the win tonight, 64-50 over Greater Beckley Christian. Always a pleasure, Fred. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good night. Thanks so much, you too. And we're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back... We will hear from our standout athlete of the week, Rachel Bates of Valley Wetzel High School. And we'll have much more. Still lots to talk about in this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. All across the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
for scores online, all of them in West Virginia. Visit basketballnight.com. Big thank you to all the radio stations throughout the Mountain State carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia. It makes us statewide. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, of course. In Romney, 104.1 FM, WVXS in Romney. If you are in Charleston, Danville, Madison, we're on 92.5 FM, WZAC in Madison. In Spencer, we even have a Spencer. We're on Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRC in Spencer. In Maywan, we're on 97.1 FM, 1360 AM, WHJC. In Cowan, we're on WKQV, 105.5 FM. And uh, they're also in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. In Fisher, on 103.7, Jack FM, WQWV, and Fisher. The Northern Panhandle, you can hear us on 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX in Wheeling. And 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY in Moundsville. Ravenswood-Ripley area, or on 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood-Ripley. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. And we're also in Martinsburg on Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. And that's just a few of the radio affiliates carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia every Friday night from 9 to midnight. favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with bill cornwell coach rick marone and ryan epling 10:48 on this basketball friday night in west virginia so happy to have you along wherever you are joining us all across the fast break sports networks through our multiple radio affiliates also through our website basketballnight.com Live on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, Facebook, basketball <laughs> Friday night in West Virginia. Social media platforms yet to be uh, cable channels. Disseminated. <laughs> cable channels. You getting, know, getting there. Don't getting forget there. those. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. There's, there was a snafu there. We're working on. Well, that. I'm talking about actually on, on Armstrong. At oh, least there you go. Twenty five. Yes. yes. Yes, that is true as well. So. Uh, so many ways that you can bring us into your homes, and we're so thankful for all of you who do. We enjoy doing this program. We enjoy basketball. We enjoy the stories of basketball. It's not always just simply winning and losing games. Obviously, winning is the goal of every player, coach, fan, everyone involved in a program. But along the way, you, you find great stories to tell, and everyone has a story, regardless of how their season's going. And you know, Coach, you, Coach Marone, you, you know this as well as anyone. You have years where you're like, well, I don't think we're all that interesting. Maybe we're not a contender this year. You've had teams that, yes, we're a contender. We're going in and ready to play. In both instances, though, there are always those moments throughout the season that you don't know when it's going to happen, but it's stuff that will stick with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, and Ryan, as we cover high school basketball and, and of course, our scores and the things that we bring together from our correspondents across the state, 
every game has a winner and a loser tonight. <laughs> so, you know, we talk to most of the winners. I mean, you know, that's that's kind of the way the, the ball rolls. But uh, it, it's more than those scores, as you mentioned. It's those memories that are made for these young people uh, and having a good experience. And I think that's something that gets lost sometimes uh, in uh, the world we live in today. But uh, those are things they can treasure and take with them. That's why we do it. And I think that's why that people enjoy high school basketball because, in my mind, it's still the purest form of the sport the kids play for the love of the sport, for their community, uh, for their friends, and uh, for their school. So uh, a lot of positives there. You only get that one time, too. It's four years, and it seems yeah. like forever when you're that age, but it is it is the drop of a hat. <laughs> it's the snap of a finger. And uh, you know, some of the teams that we, we talk about, you hear a lot about certain schools over and over again because of their success. Some schools you don't hear as much about. And, and in this wonderful state that we live in, unfortunately, there are some geographical challenges out there. It's difficult to get into some of these places, to some of these towns, and uh, sometimes we don't necessarily hear a lot about them, but their schools, their teams are just as important as anyone else. It's the lifeblood of their community. We haven't talked about the Valley Lumberjills in I don't know how long. In Pine Grove, West Virginia, uh, it's a you know beautiful area of Wetzel County. We haven't talked about them a whole lot. They're three and six on the year. They've lost four games in a row, but they have an outstanding player and our standout athlete of the week. She is a junior at Valley Wetzel High School. She is averaging more than 14 rebounds per game. And her name is Rachel Bates. She joins us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Rachel, first off, congratulations on being our Standout Athlete of the Week. Thank you so much for having me. All right, let, let's talk a little bit of basketball first, and then we'll talk about much more of the stuff that makes you uh, a well-rounded person more than just an athlete as well. Three rebound, or three games, excuse me, with more than 20 rebounds in a season. Those are impressive numbers. I have to feel you're aggressive toward loose basketballs. Oh, yeah, aggression is a huge part of rebounding. Generally, the girl who wants the ball the most will get the ball, and that's a huge factor in my rebounding numbers. And you've had, um, again, those 20 rebounding games were two of them against Peyton City, one against Tigers Valley. And, and let's talk about off the court, though. Vice President of FFA, tell me about the chapter at your school. Tell me about uh, what you're able to do with that and what you hope to be able to do with uh, Future Farmers of America. Um, our chapter is very active in our community. We do several things through the nursing home, and we create food baskets. But more than anything, our chapter is like a family. It's a support group. We support each other. We encourage each other. And we're also a very competitive chapter. We compete in almost every contest throughout the state, and we um, we finish very well in most of them. Um my hope for our chapter is I got the opportunity to be on state-winning teams, and I want more people in our chapter to have the same opportunities that I have, and I want our chapter's name to be out there. Valley High School, uh, I'm on the floor. Uh, talk about you know a couple of games here where, where it have been pretty difficult losses over the course of the season, uh, including a very heartbreaking one-point loss uh, last Saturday at Tigers Valley. Just tell me a little bit about your team and where you are at this point in the season and how you think your team is playing. Um, our season started out very strong. We were playing very well. We were a very tight-knit group. Um, we kind of fell off the wagon there for a few games. We had a couple girls out with sicknesses. We had multiple girls out with injuries, and it just it interrupted our flow of the game. But 
recently, I think that we're getting back to the capability we can be playing at, the level that we should be playing at. And I definitely look forward to the rest of the season. And Tigers Valley was a very disappointing loss, but I believe it um, fueled us to work hard in practice, and we plan on winning a lot more games this season. Okay, jumping back to Future Farmers of America, because I, I'm, I'm really interested in this, in this program. I uh, won a state championship in land judging, which is uh, soil judging. Placed sixth nationally in that. Second place in state floriculture, which is flowers and plants. And now you've got to help me here. Third place in home site within the state. Now, what does that mean? What did you do to become, you know, finish third in that competition? Um, home site is a competition that is, goes hand-in-hand hand with land judging. Actually, in West Virginia, we're one of the only states that uh, does the contest together. Most states have them separately. Um, home site, um, after you evaluate for land judging, you evaluate if the land that you just judged would be um, good ground to put build a house on. So really, you're just looking at like how hilly it is and um like flooding hazards and stuff like that. Okay. Bill, you? Yeah, I, I wanted to uh, talk about uh, your future plans. Uh, we know that uh, you plan to uh, go into teaching, which is great. And you actually get a little bit of, I guess, uh, uh, some practice. You, you uh, are a Sunday school teacher, and you teach fifth and ninth graders. You're teaching kids in Sunday school that aren't that much younger than you. Yeah, it's sometimes difficult because my attention span is very similar to theirs. <laughs> most, of the, most of the kids I teach I've known for a while, so it's easy for me to get practice without getting too nervous in front of them. And they're very supportive. When I mess up, they don't judge me too hard because they're around the same age and they know it's very difficult. Valley Wetzel will be back in action coming up on Monday at home against the 100 Hornets. Rachel Bates, our standout athlete of the week from Valley Wetzel High School. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, certainly wish you the best of luck throughout the remainder of the season. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. All right, again, that's Rachel Bates of Valley Wetzel High School, our standout athlete of the week. Valley Wetzel, of course, we're just up Route 20 from Martin's Hardware Store in Pine Grove, <laughs> West Virginia. Got to love it. And, uh, yep. Coach, we don't have much time to get into it, but <laughs> You, you've played in the hometown Invitational. You get to go places you don't necessarily go to normally. It's just it's great history and great to know this state. Yeah, it's great. I uh, met a lot of great people, uh, a lot of players uh, such as Rachel. And as you mentioned, I visited a lot of places. And I think it's awesome that our show focuses on a lot of those places that are a little bit off the beaten path, but just as special as any of the others. Absolutely. Two hours in the books already. Bill, how fast are we going here? My we're, goodness. We're rolling and. Uh... You know, and we've had a lot of fun tonight. We talked about it, and we got some more things to talk about. Yeah, we'll talk with Tara Malone, former student broadcaster for Magnolia, and now an intern at Metro News at the Wheeling Central Charleston Catholic Boys game as well. And we'll talk with Mike Granato, head coach of the Weird Boys, when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you being part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. As Bill mentioned, 
If you're a cable subscriber, you can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and on Armstrong Digital Channel 204. And, of course, we're on radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You can go to our affiliates page at basketballnight.com, and you can find the station nearest you. Or on, of course, Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. We're on 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay, 101.1 FM, WVWP, LP in Wayne, 104.5 FM, WASPLP in Huntington. Tune for you, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYTLP in Clay. The greatest oldies of all time, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. We're on the ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM, 1390 AM, WVOWN Logan, and 95 The Sports Fox. WBES Charleston, 9.50 a.m. Classic Hits 106, WHFI Lenside, 106.7 FM. And Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 7.40 a.m., 106.5 FM. And you can hear us in Middleburn on 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Looking to take some classes but not sure you can make it to campus? Marshall offers a wide variety of online classes that fit your needs. Visit marshall.edu slash muonline and register today. Marshall offers more than 200 online courses, and undergraduate and graduate majors offered exclusively online. Are you waiting for the perfect time to get your degree? Now's the time. Visit marshall.edu slash muonline, where you'll find that Marshall is the right fit for you. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Coach Rick Marone from Tulsa High School. You know, sometimes I feel like I forget to formally <laughs> introduce you as the head coach of the Tulsa Lady Rebels. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating, like, long-time coach? No, I don't know. That, that I was going to say legendary coach. There, there's well, a word. There's a word. Legend in my own mind, right? But, uh, <laughs> No, uh, always enjoyable and uh, glad to be here. I know uh, next week I'll be out on the road, and uh, you know we'll have these seats filled by others. Apparently, Corey Hines jockeying for a position <laughs> from Fairmont. But uh, it's always uh, awesome to be here and to be able to be in the studio with you. So uh, hopefully, give a little di- a perspective uh, from that coaching side. Uh, you know, from someone that's on the front lines. <laughs> Absolutely, and, and I always appreciate you taking time out uh, to join us as well. And uh, you know, Bill Cornwell. Much like, you know, we, we, we run similar shifts, Bill. You and I are early morning people because yes. of our day-to-day jobs and then, uh, you know, working but, the ball games at night. And, but, but either that or we go home and get a 
a good afternoon nap, and we're loaded for bear on Friday night. And that's what. <laughs> that's how it works. See, I feel bad because I get calls about this show while I'm asleep, and I yeah. don't answer them. I can't. I'm asleep. And and when I get up, I, like, I get up, get ready, come straight here, and like and, rock and roll. Let's go. Exactly. And then I return the phone call like two days later. But although the, the way you and I operate because of when we work, we, we communicate in the morning about the show that night. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I get texts from him while I'm running a television show uh, uh, and yeah it's uh, it's fun we have a good time but we know you don't care about that you care about scores we get you a scoreboard update in a moment in a moment we'll get a scoreboard update in a moment but right now we want to go for the first time the seven-year history of this program we have done our best to go everywhere to talk to somebody from every school in this state there are a hundred plus of them <laughs> and so you know occasionally it takes us a little bit longer to get to certain places mike granado is the head coach of the weir red riders he joins us now on basketball friday night in west virginia the boys basketball team at weir getting a win tonight and coach granado you've been in some really really tight games over the course of this season yeah we really have it's been a little bit hectic and a little bit crazy but i think uh Tonight was one of those things where I think Coach Marone can uh, can attest to this uh, since he's been doing it for a while. Um, when you're playing a lot of these games, it never gets easy, but when you get experience uh, playing in tight games like this and playing in front of a big crowd, it certainly helps your team to just have, uh, to have been there before. And in particularly with our ball club this year, we're senior-dominated, so uh, they've been to the well, so to speak. Red Riders get the win tonight over Madonna, and that was a, a 42-40 win at your second two-point win over Madonna this year. And, and, again, you mentioned lessons learned from the first time in a win. It's always nice to learn from a win, maybe even better than learning from a loss, yes. right? Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, all those guys that tell you how much you learn from a loss, I mean, they're, they're telling you that, and then uh, as soon as they hang up the phone, they're a little bit cranky. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to... We're going to appreciate taking this win and, uh, again, played a very game Madonna team, a very young and talented Madonna team, um, but senior-dominated and, and coming down the stretch in both games, um, we were able to pull out the victory. Yeah. Coach, uh, uh, folks around the state talk about uh, rivalries like Bluefield-Princeton and Capital GW and Parkersburg-Parkersburg-South. Talk about how intense the rival is in your town between Weir and Madonna. Well, it really is a, a big rivalry, and, and it, it's a game that, uh, you know, let's, that tradition says that, you know, you've got kids that know one another, kids that maybe went to grade school with one another. Um, in our case, the interesting thing is uh, my wife is on the faculty at Madonna. So, <laughs> um, uh, I'll, let, I'll let both of you guys go. I've got bragging rights for another year now. I don't know how long that's going to last. It'll be a year, but, uh, you know, it's uh, – it really is a great game that needs to be played, and and you know you you, you watch yourself in, in our area, and particularly guys. We've got you know Brook High School, which is a rival, Oak Glen, which is a rival, uh, Madonna here in the same town, which is a rival, and some of the teams we play from Ohio, and so we we really um, have a schedule outside of our section that is filled with rivalries, and then when you look at our section. You know, you've got Fairmont Senior, North Marion, East Fairmont, you know, and some people like that. So uh, we've got a very uh, uh, a very loaded schedule in terms of rivalry-type games. And, 
Uh, we played Burgerstown, Pennsylvania last Saturday night, and we won a two-point game. That's only 10 minutes away. Yeah. And so um, it, it's good for the fans. It's good for the community. It really helps the crowd. We had a we had a crowd tonight, guys, that uh, kind of was very reminiscent of, of, of crowds we used to get around in 2010 or so when we were in our uh, in the midst of our state tournament run. And uh, you could really sense it within the kids a little bit. There was a little bit of nervousness and the whatnot. But um, it only makes you better. And as I told my kids after the game tonight, if you want to keep playing in front of crowds like this, you have to keep winning. Of course, you guys are, and, I was going to say, Coach, you guys are so involved with the OVAC. And, and around the state, a lot of fans might think, well, OVC, OVAC, you think football. But the, the talent level is no less good and the intensity of the rivalry is uh, no greater than, than on the basketball floor on both sides of the Ohio River, uh, the, some of the teams you guys play. Oh, absolutely. Um, just to get, and to get, and give you an idea, my wife and I, after the game tonight, went out to eat. And um, sitting at the table three or four feet away from us was the head coach of Steubenville Big Red. And, you know, you know, we were chatting for a little bit. And um, it's just uh, – I don't want to say a neighborly type thing because neighborly probably isn't the appropriate word, but it's uh, <laughs> local local communities who enjoy going against one another. And if you look at the 5A of the OVAC, we're the smallest school in the 5A category, but that also includes Morgantown, Parkersburg South, Morgantown University, Wheeling Park, and then Dover, New Philadelphia in Ohio, um, along with John Marshall, Brooks, Stoomville, Big Red, so on and so forth. And so just in the 5A aspect, and I'll be honest with you, we found out last week that uh, we were dropped down to 4A for next year, and I was walking around high five with people. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, <laughs> you know, people were wondering, wanting to know why I wanted to walk up and shake hands with them. I said, well, guess what? I'm not going to Parkersburg South on a Tuesday in February. That's why. <laughs> There you go. Mike Granato, head coach of the Weir Red Riders boys basketball team, a 5-3 and three record and three of those wins by two points. Great in close ball games. And I'll say this right now, without having seen your team, it says a little bit about coaching. It just does. Right. Coach. Well, I, I appreciate that. And uh, I don't know if our fans would agree with that. <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And uh, I think that uh, beyond coaching, fellas, it's, Got, I got a lot of seniors on this team, and we're, we're veteran, in particular at the guard position, and we've got a very good sophomore class. And so we've got a situation where the younger kids are kind of learning from the older kids. And, and tonight we really had a game where I kind of looked at the seniors um, in the fourth quarter. We were down uh, three or four with six minutes left to play, and I said, look, it's on you. You know, how do you want this thing to go? Do you want to retire the trophy? And you know, the kids really, uh, you know, you talk about knowing how to win, but that maturity and that experience at that level um, really pulled us along tonight and, and was able to gut out a very difficult victory. Congratulations on the two-point win tonight over your crosstown rival, Madonna Mike Granato, head coach of the We're Red Riders. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, uh, guys, I have to let you know now, you know, I appreciate the emails that come out from basketball uh, Friday night, and I do listen to your show whenever you uh, 
uh, whenever I get a chance uh, to get home at a, at a decent hour after games and whatnot. And I appreciate what you're doing for basketball because I think, you know, if you, if you look at the cash cow in the state of West Virginia, guys, it's the uh, state basketball tournament. And there's just a ton of interest um, throughout the local communities. And, and what you guys are doing for uh, our sport and the, and the publicity you give us, I, I can't say enough good things to you. Well, we greatly appreciate that, Coach. And, uh, again, congratulations again on the win. And we'll, we'll, we'll do this again sometime. Hey, you can call me anytime, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, it's Mike Granato, head coach of the We're Red Riders boys basketball team as they beat Madonna tonight 42-40. to And he mentioned uh, their rivalry with the Big Reds of Steubenville, uh, literally cross-river rivals. They will play at Steubenville on the 30th of January. That will be an interesting game. It absolutely will be. And we, our, our phone lines are back. We're going to go right back to the phones. I'll, I'll tell you right now, we'll go to Terry Maloney in a moment. We'll talk with Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg in just a moment as well. Marty Beerheller of Parkersburg Catholic, the head coach of the Crusaderette girls basketball team. We'll talk with all of them in just a moment right now. It's time for Super Dave. Sports.com, he covers Region 3 like no other. Dave Morrison joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Making a triumphant return. Dave, how's it going? Hey, fellas, how you doing? Doing excellent tonight. I hate to interrupt my music. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's got an entrance that theme now. Good. There we go, yeah. yeah Dave, well, i got to keep up with Kozlowski. <laughs> right. It's hard to keep up with, with Rick, and, uh, you know, Rick never knows what he's getting. At least you, you've got a theme, though. When we hear that, we know we're going to hear about the week that was and the <laughs> night that was in Region 3. And uh, obviously, you have great perspective throughout the state. But again, the, the basketball in Region Three is so competitive, and nothing has happened in the past week that would say anything otherwise. Well, exactly. I mean, Westside playing in the uh, Hatfield McCoy tonight. Uh, lost a heartbreaker on a last second shot, but, but losing sixty-two or seventy-two seventy. Um, Ethan Blackburn was 24 in that game. In that game, I might add. Uh, just uh, and of course in Beckley, that was. I think you already talked to some folks who were at that game. Um, Greater Beckley and Woodrow Wilson playing, and of course, you know, with the transfers going back and forth, and actually going from Woodrow to Greater Beckley, that set up for a, a big rivalry there. It didn't quite turn out that way. Woodrow a little bit too much in that one, but nice to see these two schools. I think that uh, it's been over 60 years since. Woodrow had played a, a cross-town or a town rival. I know you just talked to a coach who played a cross-town rival. It really doesn't happen in Beckley because you got triple-A Woodrow, single-A uh, Greater Beckley. But uh, they did work out a game, did it in a week. Imagine that. And uh, just it was, uh, it was a good game, I guess, for a little while. Of course, there were two, two separating points, as I saw it. That was a half-court shot. I think at the end of the first quarter that uh, pushed the lead, Woodrow leads, I think, to double figures. And then a four-point play uh, near the end of one of the other quarters. And that kind of had some separation. Greater Beckley would fight back in that game. They were down 42-21 and uh, would fight back within double figures. But uh, Woodrow would just be in a triple-way team a little bit too much. A little bit more depth there. And that that's something that um... – a lot of times when the, when you talk about the, the difference in school size, it, it's not necessarily the first five, it's the second five or the third five in some, in some instances that can 
really make a difference because you don't have as much of a drop off from uh, player to player there. But um, Dave, always a pleasure. I know you, you held on there with us, and we're we're very kind of tight on time. We've got six people in queue right now, so we're just going to keep running okay, on the yeah. long. I'll let you roll. Also mentioned that Bluefield's got on a roll. Keep an eye on Sean Martin. I think he might be a difference down the stretch. Guys, I appreciate it. You guys, you guys have a good evening. Thanks so much. That's Dave Morrison of Super Dave Sports. Dot com and always a pleasure and you know if we go quickly through dave we're we've got a lot to talk about because we're in a hurry <laughs> let's go right back to the phones one more call before our break we'll go to taryn malone former student broadcaster for the magnolia blue eagles now interning for metro news he was at the wheeling central charleston catholic boys game tonight and taryn a big win tonight for charleston catholic on the road yeah good evening gentlemen how are you excellent Excellent. Um, so, Aiden Satterfield led the way for Charleston Catholic. He scored 33 points on the Mar- against the Maroon Knights this evening in a 75-64 to win over Wheeling Central Catholic. Uh, the first quarter, Central Catholic led 16-14, to and then Charleston Catholic could answer right back 29-23 at the half, and then later on down the road, Charleston Catholic would win 75 75- to 64. The, uh, the leaders and points this evening, uh, I mentioned Aiden Satterfield with 33 points and also in double digits uh, this evening was uh, Zion, or Zion Sadis, I do believe. I'm sorry if I got that name wrong. He scored 21 on the night as well. So um, a combined 40, no, my math is wrong, 54 points for those two individuals this evening against Maroon Knights. And uh, Charleston came into tonight's matchup ranked at number five in class single A, and Central Catholic was ranked at number one as well. So a big win tonight on the road for Charleston Catholic. I know you've, you've seen, you, you see a lot of schools up and down the mid-Ohio Valley. Willing Central has been right at the top of that list before. I mean, obviously, right number one, a lot of people have high expectations for that ball club again this year, as they always do for that school. But... Uh, is this a, a team that's maybe more vulnerable, or was this just that good of a win for Charleston Catholic? I think it was a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Um, everybody in the mid-Ohio Valley right now is really looking forward to the matchup at the Magnolia Rotary Challenge, which I'll be back in New Martinsville in two weeks. But tomorrow I'll head out to WVU and return to uh, uh, WVU for my classes. But I will be on a week break, uh, and then I will be t- uh, watching the game between Morgantown and Martinsburg on Martin Luther King Day. And then I'll come back for the Magnolia Rotary Challenge to watch Wheeling Central and Williamstown uh, battle it out in New Martinsville. So that is one of the well-anticipated matchups uh, here in the Mid-Ohio Valley in the next couple weeks. Should be a lot of fun. Taryn, thanks so much for holding on with us tonight. And Sorry we don't have a lot more time to talk with you. Hey, no problem. Thanks, hey, guys. Thank you so much. Again, that's Terry Malone. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, plug Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg. We're talking Marty Verheller, head coach of the Parkersburg Catholic Crusaderettes. Wes McKinney, WAEY in Preston. Our resident referee's already on hold. He's going to wait a while. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. 
Marshall University sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. A big thank you to everyone joining us on Twitter this week and actually tonight too. Uh, Greg uh, Woolard just joined us just a few moments ago along with Thomas Blaze, Archie Shatterfield, Nina, Kaylee, Nick Keller, and of course uh, Brian Uday, Lucinda Hanna, Tama White Bailey, Justin Liu, Jalante, and Luke Hatfield. They followed us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. And we appreciate hearing from everyone through tweets, texts, and emails. Make sure you update us on your team's game every day of the week as we follow all the teams every day throughout West Virginia. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11-20 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Second Friday night of 2020. Full slate of games across the Mountain State and no weather whatsoever to lead to any cancellations or postponements tonight after a little bit of a hectic early in the week time. Uh, you know, again, it's West Virginia. That's what we love. And you know who else is having a good time this year, though? It's, it's not the first time they've had a good time. It's, uh, you know, this is a ball club. It's a program that's on the rise. As the Greenbrier West Cavaliers, perfect 6-0. They are in Charm Co. Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg, joins us now on the program. Mike, first off, thanks for hanging in with us tonight. Oh, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Uh, a nice busy night and a nice game tonight for the Cavaliers, a 36-point tw- win at home over Pocahontas County. You know, with only six games in the season, uh, kind of odd that we're already hitting our second game with Pocahontas County and <laughs> – talked to my partner about it early on um you know you like to see how you measure up in game two after you've already had a, a previous a meeting with someone Greenbar west really dominated the first meeting with pocahontas county back when uh, december it was a 100 to 41 win um tonight it was just unrealistic to expect Greenbar west to kind of have that point total and uh we talked about it last week. We've only been getting one game a week here the past few weeks. That's going to pick up for us next week. But started out kind of slow tonight. Uh, a lot of turnovers and uh, in the first quarter. 
and we just really weren't able to hit our shots. So we come out of the first quarter leading 14-5, to five, but things started to come together in the second quarter. Uh, outscored the Warriors 26-12 to 12 to take a 40-17 to 17 halftime lead. Chase Boggs led the Cavaliers tonight with 25 points. Caden Pack, uh, second-leading scorer, with 17 points. And those two just kind of took turns popping threes there in the second quarter just to pull away from Pocahontas County. Continued on into the second half. Chase Hagee added 12 points for the Cavaliers. And uh, we can start getting into the meat of our schedule next week. What I did want to do tonight when I called, I want to mention our girls just a little bit because I forgot to mention them last week. The girls had back-to-back wins this week. Wednesday night it was a 41-32 win over Shady Spring. Kinley Poston had 12 points, 10 rebounds. Julie Agee, 12 points. Then they followed that up with a 62-36 win over Richwood. Kinley Poston again, 17 points, 7 rebounds. Our girls' team is 5-2. and two. They've won four in a row. Two games next week in the second game, they're going to go meet Summers County. So, big test for our So it should be a, a big test coming up for Greenbrier West. Again, the, the Cavaliers out of Charm Co. right now setting at 6-0. and Mike Goddard, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg. Let's go right back to the phones. Undefeated in class single-A girls basketball are the Parkersburg Catholic Crusaderettes. Marty Verheller is their head coach. And he joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, Coach, when you look traditionally over the course of the past uh, two games that you've played uh, over the past week, you have beaten two of the uh, better programs in Class A handily. Tell me a little bit about how your team's playing at this point in the season. Well, first of all, gentlemen, thanks for having me. Um, we've, um, we've been on a pretty good roll here, guys, the first third of the season. Um, you're right, we, we beat uh, an always tough Williamstown uh, team the other night and uh, followed that up with a, a huge win last night against Central Catholic. Um, but we've also beaten um, Tucker County on the road, and we beat Pocahontas in our Mario Crusader Classic, too. So uh, we've had four quality wins against uh, ranked teams in Class A and also beat AAA Parkersburg South on the road. So uh, as far as how the early part of the season has gone, um, I really couldn't script it any better. The, the girls have uh, done a great job. You had a team that was pretty young a year ago, and uh, is right now, uh, I think you're kind of seeing the, the benefits of uh, the success they had last year and in the last couple of years, really, and, and kind of seeing this team build into what it is this year. Is that, is that accurate? That's very accurate. Um, last year, we did not lose any seniors. And this year, uh, our only senior is our first-team All-State point guard, Madeline Huffman. And you're exactly right. I mean, these girls have grown up uh, a ton over the past year. For example, um, I just mentioned our, our big win against Central Catholic yesterday. Um, I look back, uh, Coach uh, Tom Carr and I um, – uh, he's, uh, he does a great job for us. We, we were looking at game film uh, in preparation for Central, and we looked at Leslie Huffman, who last year was a freshman. And it's like, oh, my goodness, right now you can't believe she's only a sophomore. And a year ago she was just starting as a freshman. So we've grown up a ton. Um, I think the experience that we gained 
uh, playing at the Civic Center uh, the past two years has helped us a lot. And and our girls are gamers. Uh, they they're serious about what they do, and they they pretty much bring it every night. So um, it's exciting, and uh, they're a lot of fun to coach. Marty, uh, this is going to be a good test of, of uh, your your depth and your and your uh, I guess your conditioning because you have four games coming up in less than a week starting tomorrow night. Uh, the contest you got uh, home against uh, Ward County, but uh, you're kind of used to this because around the time of the Mario Classic, you guys played several games in a limited amount of time. Well, you're exactly right. Uh, we have actually a makeup game against Ward County tomorrow, and that's added to uh, our, our uh, heavy concentration of games in the next week. You're exactly right. We play Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, and then next Friday. Um, so you're exactly right. In terms of conditioning, we have a, we have a small team. I mean, we're, we're deep in terms of, of our talent. We play a lot of girls, but we only have 10 players on our, uh, our roster total. And uh, these girls... When, uh, when they come to practice every day, they just don't get any time off. And I think really it has paid off for us big time because our girls just aren't used to catching a breath during practice. And uh, we, we really, uh, we, we, you know, it, even against the best of competition, so far we have not had an issue um, in terms of conditioning. So you're right. Over the next week, I guess we'll find out what kind of shape we're in. Marty Verheller, head coach. Of uh, the Parkersburg Catholic Crusaderettes, a perfect 8 0 on the season. C- Coach, we'll catch up with you again a little bit later on. Absolutely. And uh, thanks again. You guys do a great job. Thanks for having me. I'll greatly appreciate it. Again, Marty Verhaler, and uh, head coach of Parkersburg Catholic. And again, it's so easy in Class A to get lost because of the success that Huntington St. Joe has in, in Charleston year in, year out. Uh, but there's some good basketball teams spread throughout this state as well. Yeah, and I think Parkersburg Catholic, one of them, he mentioned uh, some of the games that they have already won. And, you know, when you knock off uh, AAA Parkersburg South, Wheeling Central, of course, I think may, was, was one, or they were ranked right at the top as well. This is a team that's coming on and uh, may have arrived. I mean, they've been in the state tournament the last couple of years. Uh, Coach does a great job there, a first-class individual, and uh, I think they've got to be uh, at least in the conversation uh, of the top teams in Class A. Kind of unusual. Uh, they're one of the few Catholic schools, at least – western side of the state that doesn't play St. Joe in the regular season uh, because uh, they have such a heavy concentration of games in the Little Kanawha Conference and they kind of uh, put all their, their uh, chips into that and uh, don't worry about getting out of it because they have plenty of competition there in the LKC. And, and we thought we touched on it there. You could really see this year coming for Parkersburg Catholic because it's been a steady, progressive improvement uh, you've been able to watch the same kids over the past two to three years playing. They've only got one senior this year. So this group has played together for a long time. And, you, you, again, there's not a lot of turnover with this group. It's the same group of kids just kind of gradually coming up. Yeah, through. I haven't seen them. We played them in the summer uh, two or three years ago when this group was incoming freshmen. So you're exactly right, that growth and development. And uh, Coach Beerheller does a great job with them. Only one senior is here. It's a, bit, it's a key person right. in Huffman. But, uh, you know, they are, uh, they're there, and uh, I think they're going to be there to stay. All right, we'll step aside right now take a break. When we come back, West McKinney, WAEY in Princeton. Tigers have been playing some really good basketball early on in the season. Uh, Jordan Mounts, Hatfield-McCoy shootout. He covered four games tonight. <laughs> and they're just getting warmed up. He's got six more tomorrow. Is that all? That's all. <laughs> yeah. 
light night for Jordan. Also, resident referee Bo Anderson, and a little bit later on, cause time as well. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Streaming video from the studios at Marshall University, visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. Just takes one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. And you can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Go to our affiliates tab. You'll find a station near you. We're on stations all throughout the Mountain State, including great stations like 104.1 FM, WVXS in Romney, 92.5 FM, WZAC, Madison Danville, Charleston, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRC in Spencer. We're also on 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC in Matewan. We rock West Virginia louder. 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM. And in Braxton County, you can hear WKQV on 106.9 FM, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher. In the northern panhandle, we're on the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, 97.7 97.7 FM WVLY Moundsville. We're on 92.5 FM WTHM LP Ravenswood Ripley. Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg 740 AM 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside 106.7 FM. That's a few of the stations that carry basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 11.32 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And yes, our pace is a bit frantic tonight. We will get you a full scoreboard update uh, before the end of the program. We'll also get our power ratings with Marcus Constantino. Uh, You know what? Marcus, are you ready to do those power ratings? Ready to go, Ryan. All right. You know what? Instead of waiting, and I apologize, we'll get Wes McKinney immediately after this, but right now let's get Marcus Constantino with the latest look at the basketballnight.com power ratings. Thank you, Ryan. These are hot off the press. We'll start in girls AAA. Greenbrier East is 9-1. Moving up a spot to number one, Cabell Midland drops down to number two. Uh, the Parkersburg Big Reds are 7-5 and five at number 3. Wheeling Park is 9-0 and oh at number 4. George Washington coming in at number 5. Moving down into girls double-A, the North Marion Huskies bump up one spot to number 1. Frankfurt Falcons drop one to number 2, while Winfield Wayne and Chapmanville stay put in 3, 4, and 5 respectively. Now down to girls single-A. The St. Joseph Central Lady Irish holding still at 12-0 or number one. Uh, Parkersburg Catholic also holding at number two. Parkersburg Catholic 
or excuse me, Summers County and Gilmer County moving up one spot into three and four respectively, while Pocahontas County bumps up two into number five. Moving on to the boys basketballnight.com power ratings. Yeah, University holding at number one. Morgantown jumps up over Cabell Midland to take the number two spot. George Washington jumping up eight spots to number four. Wheeling Park jumps up six to number five. In the boys double A basketballnight.com power ratings, the Chapmanville Tigers are eight and one, jumping up one spot to number one, while Shady Springs uh, jumps two to number two. Uh, North Marion up two spots to number three. Polka is up two to number four, while the Robert Seabird Eagles are up four spots to number five. Finally, the boys single A basketballnight.com power ratings. Uh, Williamstown is at number one. Greenbrier West two. Uh, Pendleton County 3, Charleston Catholic 4, and the Willing Central Catholic Maroon Knights are number 5. That's the BasketballNight.com power ratings. They'll be up in just a moment at BasketballNight.com. Thanks so much, Marcus. Let's go back to the phone lines. Wes McKay, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into these a little bit later. We were just a little bit of time. Wes has been so kind to hang in with us. Wes McKay, AEY in Princeton with us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Wes, Princeton... Didn't play tonight. They got a couple of days off. Yeah, guys, a, a much needed break. It feels kind of weird having a <laughs> having a free Friday night, but uh, a night off between games last night against Bluefield and then Princeton. I don't know if it's on the SSAC schedule or not, but Princeton's actually going to go to Graham tomorrow in a game that was supposed to be played uh, the second week uh, of December. Of course, Graham made another run. Uh, a deep run in the uh, Virginia high school football playoffs. So that game moved to tomorrow night down at down at Graham and, and Princeton, trying to lick their wounds. I heard you guys say right there before the break. Princeton's playing really good basketball, but uh, Tigers took one on the chin last night a little bit. Uh, lost a 15 point game to Bluefield, and really the Beavers, from about two minutes left to go in the first quarter through the end of the game, was always in control of that thing. And Braden Cruz. The sensational guard for Bluefield, 32 points last night. He scored his 1,000th point uh, on his first made bucket of the game, which came there um, like two or three minutes into the contest. It was almost uh, a fitting that he got his 1,000th point at Princeton last night because it feels like he has come into to Ralph Ball Court and put up multiple 30-point games in his career. So a great showing for Cruz last night. Princeton did get uh, three guys in double figures. Ethan Parsons, who has been really good early in the season. He has a couple games of 28 early in the season. He had 19 all in the second half. Peyton Brown, the senior guard, had 19 as well. But really the difference in the game was a Bluefield's ability to, to get Cruz off to a good start, pound the ball inside with Sean Martin and keep Ethan Parsons really in check until – their uh, early part of the third quarter. Uh, Wes, that uh, loss last night broke a nice four-game uh, win streak for uh, the Tigers, but uh, is Coach Williams is still pretty pretty satisfied with the, the progress. The, obviously, the, the results on the quarter are there for the Tigers. Yeah, you know, even talking to Coach Williams at the end of last year, he felt like Princeton you know, may take a small step back from where they had been, especially with their guard play with Kate Fix and, and Drew Hopkins mainstays in the program. But Peyton Brown's averaging 16 points a game. Parsons is a couple of ticks over 17 this year in points per game. And really, I think 
Coach Williams is doing a good job of, of, of developing a bench. He's got about four guys he can go to off that bench with regularity. So, you know, Princeton's got a, a crucial part of their schedule coming up. Bluefield last night, Graham tomorrow, which will be no slouch, and then a, a, a really big one, even though it, it's maybe not as a talented Greenbrier East team. It's still a sectional game, and, and as you guys know, Princeton doesn't get a lot of these chances to make noise in the section and the regional, so these next couple of games here, I think, are, are big time for the Tigers. Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y in Princeton. Thanks so much for joining us. And, again, thanks so much for hanging in there with us tonight. You bet, guys. Take care. All right. And let's go right back to the phones. we get one more caller before our break. And, again, we're, we're tight on time. So we'll, we'll talk to Jordan Mounts, WFGH, Hatfield-McCoy shootout at the historic Williamson Fieldhouse. He has covered four games today. Jordan, voice holding up. Ah uh, well, uh, I don't know about holding up, but uh, we'll we'll just have to we'll have to just say our prayers for tomorrow is what it amounts to. Uh, it's no rest for the weary. Six more tomorrow. There you go. Tell us a little bit about the four games that you had today, and I know you you've been nice enough to hang in there with us, but we are a little bit tight on time. So if you can give us just quick summaries of those four, we'd greatly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was going to do, is going to go as quickly as we possibly could. First game of the night was between the Scott Skyhawks and uh, uh, another West Virginia team, but not a WBSSAC team, the Beth Haven Hornets. Uh, the Skyhawks walked away victorious in that one. Big games today from uh, Jonathan Hamilton, a senior, and also Jagger Bell, uh, the two talented seniors there from the Skyhawks, as they get the win over the Hornets of Beth Haven High School, 81-62. to uh, next game two featured the Hurricane Redskins and the Westside Renegades, and guys, I, I, that was by far probably the best game of the uh, uh, of the, the shootout so far. Uh, Hurricane was able to get the win on a last second buzzer beater by Trick Browning, uh, and they came away with a victory, seventy two to seventy over the Renegades. Great game, an even better finish. Uh, going on down to game three uh, was the Phelps Hornets out of out of Phelps, Kentucky, taking on the Miners of Mingo Central High School. Uh, head coach Stan Elkins came in, got the win over the Phelps Hornets in a tight one, featured some very talented athletes, obviously Drew Hatfield and his brother Devin for the Mingo Central Miners. And on the opposite side of the th- things, a kid that I feel like I've called uh, his name for uh, probably 10 years now. I actually know he's played since he's been in seventh grade. They're allowed to do that, obviously, in Kentucky. Trey Francis, big games for the Phelps Hornets and the Mingo Central Miners. But in the end, it was the Miners walking away 45-43. to 43. And another uh, little bit of an upset possibly here uh, in our final game of the day, the Tug Valley Panthers taking on the Wyoming East Warriors. Uh, Tug Valley got the win, 69-55. to 55. Big game today out of Caleb May and Ethan Colgrove for Tug Valley as uh, they both poured in quite a few points. Ethan, especially with over 20 plus uh, uh, several rebounds as well. So good game for Tug Valley, uh, Wyoming East. Uh, just not enough to get it done. Six games tomorrow: Wayne versus Phelps, Kentucky at 1:30. Scott versus Eastridge, Kentucky at three. South Charleston versus Shelby Valley, Kentucky at 4:30. Spring Valley versus Wyoming East at six. Tug Valley versus Pikeville, Kentucky at 7:30. Mingo Central versus Belfry at 9. Those are scheduled tip-offs. We'll see how that works out. Jordan Mouse, WFGH, good luck tomorrow with all of that. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Uh, thank you all for having me on. And, uh, Ryan, you take care of your voice as well, buddy. Hey, thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys, you know, it's the little things. Three-hour radio show today, basketball <laughs> game to PA last night, two basketball games to PA tomorrow, back-to-back, including a, a, a little 30-minute jaunt in between to, to get from one to the other and – this is what we live for, though. 
Billy C., you're with me here. You know this what I'm time, about I'm, I've got I've got Marshall men's basketball duties tomorrow myself uh, uh, on some uh, some pregame activity on the, the flagship station here in Huntington. So uh, I got stuff to do too. There you go. Always <laughs> always a, always revolves around basketball. We're just doing basketball, basketball, basketball. That's right. That's all we do. We got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we will have our poll question. We will hear from our resident referee, Bo Anderson. 32 minutes tonight. Thanks, Bo. Hanging in there. And Todd's time. Boy, basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Go to our affiliates page, basketballnight.com. Find a station nearest you. Of course, we're on Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 101.1 FM WVWPLP Wayne, 104.5 FM WASBLP in Huntington. Coon for you, radio. Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLV, and Clay. The greatest oldies of all time, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. We're on the ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD, and Hinton. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. We're on the voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM, and 1290 AM, WVOWN Logan, 95 The Sports Fox, WVS Charleston, Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM. We want to thank all those stations and the stations we mentioned in the previous break. And hey, if your radio station would like to carry Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, get in touch. You can contact us on Twitter. You can contact us by email. Lots of ways. You can get in touch with us here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Shout out to our latest Twitter followers, including Greg Woolard, Thomas Blades, Archie Satterfield, Nita, Kaylee, and Nick Keller. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Thanks for joining us. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.45 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Bill Cornwell with you. We will talk to our resident referee, Bo Anderson, in a moment. We'll also talk with Rick, Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. We'll also have our scoreboard update. Ambitious here. We need to get one more of those in. I'm ambitious here in the last 13 and a half minutes of the program. But first, we need to go back to the score desk. And if you'll recall, a week ago, uh, we tossed it over there to Wesley Steele, who wasn't here. And uh, Landon Mitchell was standing there and ready to take it away. And he looked at me like, that's, that's, not, my, that's not my name. That's, that's... They call me Jay. There you go. That's not my name. That's not my name. <laughs> That's not my name. That's not my name. There you go. Yeah, see, we just don't know. 
You don't understand the pressure that comes with hosting this program. That's No, I'm joking. We've been there for seven years. We have a good time. Landon Mitchell is with us with our poll question. Landon, go. Thanks. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you very much. Last week's poll question was, should sectional tournament games be played at neutral sites or at the home of the higher-seeded team? And 52% of you said neutral seating, while... Sorry, that is the wrong thing. 52% of you said neutral sites, while 48% of you said higher seated. This week's poll question is, should schools within the same sectional be required to play each other in the regular season? Go to basketballnight.com and cast your vote. Thank you very much, Landon. He could have called you Ed or Johnny. He's a good man. (laughs) Right? He is. I appreciate that. You know, I do appreciate that. He... uh, he, he uh, I teed it up there, and uh, and he gracefully and graciously declined to, to, to you know, he's a pro. Beat me up there, yeah, so I appreciate it. Absolutely, we'll go to a resident referee in just a second. But Coach Marone, the poll question stems from the idea that it can be difficult for a single A team to do that because I'm Big Daddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow, seven years later, you re- see, you say anything, it gets recorded. That's why you never quote someone on radio and audio. Lesson learned for everyone out there. But uh, nonetheless, when you when you play uh, the sectional opponents in basketball, that can be half your schedule or more, and you can't always do it within a conference. It, like it makes it, you would have to rearrange some things to do it if it were required. Yeah, you'd have to move some things around. Uh, some of those teams are not in a conference that you might be a member right. of. Maybe a single game required, and then you alternate from year to year. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the public views that. But uh, I think there's a, definitely a push for it. I mean, a lot of people feel that it's the fairest way to seed the section as opposed to a voting system, and, which and, could be, you know. Yeah, and it's interesting that some of those situations are getting taken care of themselves because we, we mentioned the fact about – Beckley leaving the MSAC, well, now they're going to get a chance to play Greenbrier East in Princeton a couple of times each year. So, in essence, you're going to get that sectional feel right there. Those teams will be playing each other not only in the regular season and postseason. So, again, you go to basketballnight.com for that. We'll get you a score update in just a second. First, let's talk to our resident referee. Bo Anderson has been on hold for 38 minutes. The Iron Man of the show. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Yep. There's Bo. The only person applauding Bo right now is the only coach in the room. It's because he's trying to get a call. Yeah. I know better than that. And he that. knows better, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Bo, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Wow, you mean Rick Marone's applauding me? I can't believe it. <laughs> well, it was either that or the Bronx cheer. I mean, I think you know what that means, right? <laughs> I've actually been listening to the show for quite a while because I had a game kind of close in areas. I got back, so I've been listening for a good bit. But I know better than the car early because I'm going to be the uh, hourly man on hold. That's right. We're just eating up all those cell phone minutes right away. And um, hope you have Absolutely. a good plan. Yeah, hope you have a good plan, Bo. But uh, nonetheless, um, we were talking uh, off air here about something that. I don't know that any of us have seen a high school game offhand. Maybe we have, maybe we haven't. But uh, what would be the process if a backboard were to 
break or just the basket in general? Where you know where you where you have a failure of the basket. What happens? Well, you know, most places you're you're not going to have a replaceable backboard. Uh, there are a select few places that might have that, but most of them don't. Uh, a rim, maybe. Uh, the backboard, I doubt it. Um, so that'd be something where you would just have to suspend play uh, and pick that up at a later date, uh, simply because of the fact that there won't be any access to a to an extra backboard or a rim to, to be put up. Um, that I mean, that that's basically would be the case. And, you know, unless it was in just the last couple minutes and the game was completely out of hand and they decided they want to just end it right there and, and, and be done with it and not come back to play a minute and 30 seconds in a, in a 50-point game. But, uh, you know, that, you know, it, it rarely does happen. It can happen. Um, it has happened in uh, high school, I think, uh, many years ago. Uh, uh, a player at Williamson actually broke a backboard in the field house. And, uh, but, you know, it, it's a rarity to happen, but it can. But most generally now with the, uh, with the breakaway rims, that, that allows the backboard most typically not to get shattered like it used to whenever the rims were, you know, non-collapsible. Is there a technical foul? Well, uh, that would depend, uh, Ryan. That would uh, depend on if they were uh, showboating and or if they were just uh, grasping the rim to prevent injury, or uh, you know, that would just depend on the particular play. Uh, obviously, if it's in the pregame warmups, yes, it would be a technical <laughs> foul, but uh, that game probably would have to be played at a later time. All right, and uh, Bo, we're, we're very tight on time. I hate to rush you. I know you were so generous to wait for us. Anything that you came across in the past week that, that maybe you wanted to share? Well, the only thing I, I would like to, because I've seen it a little bit here a couple times, just to, just to let people know, uh, are timeouts because of injury or because of blood, right, quickly. Uh, if a player is bleeding or has blood on their jersey or on, their, uh, on themselves, uh, the coach has an option. The coach can either take a timeout to see if the blood can get cleaned up or they can opt to sub in for that player. And if that player was supposed to be shooting foul shots, the sub would do so. Uh, injuries the same way. If a coach comes out or is backing out, either or, then that coach has the opportunity to do one of two things, either take a timeout, whether it be a 30 or 60, or uh, substitute for that player and get the 15 seconds for the sub and get them in the game. Uh, I saw I saw uh, blood on a couple of uh, people on a, in a game before mine, uh, not last night, I think, and one of them had blood, the other one was bleeding, they had to get them both off, uh, and both one sub, the other one didn't. But I don't think that the... Uh, uh, timeout was charged like it should have been, but you know that that's that's the play that you have. I'll leave you with a quick play, uh, just for your thought for next week. Uh, A one is on the line shooting the free throw. Uh, B one steps in the lane, and then A one finishes a shot and air balls. Uh, what do you have, guys? And I'll leave you with that, and you can tell me what your answer is for next week. All right. Well. I love it. There's a cliffhanger and a pop quiz. <laughs> Bo is bringing it to us here uh, on Basketball Friday. I greatly appreciate that. I'm thinking lane violation, but with an air ball, now, now he makes me question myself, <laughs> which 
again, Ottman's razor says it's a lane violation. That's but, what I would say. And you shoot another free throw. Yeah. I still think he's messing with us yes. there somewhere. Yes. Those referees are crafty. It's tricky. Tell you yeah. what. All right. We need to do the scoreboard, and it's got to be fast because we got to get to cause time as well. So let's do a very quick check of the basketball night. Dot com scoreboard. I'll take care of the boys' scores, and I'll just rattle through these as fast as we can. Scott beats Beth Haven, 81-62. It was Hurricane, a last-second win over Westside, 72-70. Mingo Central beats Phelps, Kentucky, 45-43. Tug Valley, 69. Wyoming East, 55. All those, the Hatfield-McCoy shootout. Cameron defeats Bridgeport, Ohio, 67-45. Frontier, Ohio beats Magnolia, 49-47. Pendleton County, 56 Moorefield, 45. It was Polka, 59. Nitro, 33. Jefferson defeats Silver Oak Academy, 71-53. Herbert Hoover defeats Wayne, 73-61 at Pioneer Gym. East Hardy defeats Union, 83-52. It was Buchanan Upshur, 73. Grafton, 63. Buffalo, 66. Tulsa, 64. Calhoun County defeats Gilmer County, 38-30. Also tonight, it was Clay Battelle, 79. Tigers Valley, 56. Greenbrier West, 76. Pocahontas County, 40. Independence beats Oak Hill, 62-55. Lincoln on a buzzer beater by Peyton Hawkins beats Lewis County, 47-45. Lincoln County defeats Van, 64-52. It was Martinsburg, 65. Musselman, 57. Richwood defeats Meadow Bridge, 57-55. Nicholas County beats Midland Trail, 74-62. It was Morgantown, 59. Parkersburg South, 33. Bluefield, 76. Mountain View, 41. North Marion beats East Fairmont 48-47. Hundred defeats Payton City 80-38. Bridgeport 61. Preston 49. Liberty Raleigh 69. Pikeview 65. Robert C. Bird doubles up Fairmont Senior 42-21. Summers County 60. Montcalm 55. Ravenswood 57. Tyler Consolidated 47. It was Weir 42. Madonna 40. Charleston Catholic beats number one ranked Wheeling Central on the road for the first time in more than 10 years, 75-64. It was Williamstown 65, Parkersburg Catholic 44, Hedgesville 54, Spring Mills 22, and Woodrow Wilson defeats Greater Beckley 64-50. Coach Marone with the girls' scores. Yeah, the girls' scores. I'm going to give you the winners of the games tonight. All these are final. James Monroe with the win tonight. Spring Mills gets a win. Greater Beckley gets a win over Elk Valley. Bluefield Lady Beavers get a win. Pocahontas County big win over Summers County. Trinity Christian gets a win. Cabell Midland stays unbeaten with a win tonight. Kaiser knocks off Hampshire for a win. Union, the Tigers get a big win over Paul Paul. Lincoln over Point, Lincoln County over Point Pleasant. University over Preston. And Huntington knocked off Riverside tonight. And our final scores are St. Albans falls to South Charleston. Woodrow knocks off Spring Valley. And GW beats Hurricane. Thank you very much. That's your check with your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Find it at basketballnight.com. Go to at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. All kinds of places you can go. Let's go back to the phone lines where it is cause time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. (laughs) Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Well, since we're using this song from Cheers tonight, I will say, I will do a shout-out. Cheers to my wife, who is listening to the program for the first time. She's sitting upstairs as I'm in the basement, and she's actually <laughs> listening. And she is from originally from Boston, so it's just perfect. Wow. Our crew, our crew 
our crew they, they research really well rick i'm so sorry because we were we ran so long there uh so i know martinsburg beats musselman tonight big win for the bulldogs <laughs> yeah it was a, a very competitive game very very close for three quarters uh not the teams were not separated by you know more than one point uh, from the second quarter on through the third when uh First minute of the fourth quarter, Trey Sager, back from an ankle injury, uh, who is a uh, kind of a, uh, I guess maybe a junkyard dog kind of player where, you know, he's the the, 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 the man inside, you know, gets the, the, the loose balls, the tough rebounds, finds himself wide open out beyond a three-point range, takes only his second three-point attempt of the season, even though he told me he's made four or five this year, <laughs> and he drained it, which gave which stretched a one point lead into four. Martinsburg stretched that out to nine, and, and Musselman never recovered. And you know, very competitive game, very good game, and uh, you know, and uh, Musselman uh, certainly. Uh, hey, Rick, Rick, the, we're, Rick, we're out of time. I'm so sorry. Next week, much more cause time. We promise on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.